Welcome to Eyes in the Dark, a horror movie podcast for scaredy cats. I'm Chewy. My name's James. And I'm Evan. And we are the unholy trinity of horror movie podcasts. So, a lot of you may be wondering, what is this podcast? What is the deal with it? What are we doing? Um, This is a horror movie podcast. James, I feel like you uh, had a really good handle on how to describe what we aim to do here, why we're doing this. So, I'm going to hand it off here to you, a resident doctor of horror. Well, I'm glad that I could put doctor for my name now. (laughs) Please address me as doctor. All right. From now on. Um, I think we we were trying to sum it up all at one simple question. Uh, In layman's terms, are horror movies the bastard child of Hollywood films? So I think we're kind of setting out to prove or disprove that that same thought, right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like horror movies have always gotten a bad rap and uh, in the industry. Yeah. Quote unquote. Because we're all in uh, the industry. Yeah, of course. You know, you know, and uh, I think it's just it's our (laughs) duty as horror movie lovers to uh, to prove that wrong and just prove that there actually there are decent films out there that are in the horror genre and that they can actually be you know well written and and well made so now with that said to play devil's advocate maybe we will prove it correct exactly with that said there are some uh, that will prove the stereotype there's some garbage out there so we'll we'll have a good mix of gold and shit if you have ideas if you want to make suggestions if you say your opinion's shit this is why you're wrong or you want to um, hop on the bandwagon and say you guys are right about this and did you guys notice that interact with us you can always reach out to us through our website eyesinthedarkpodcast.com or you can uh, hit us up on our email and that's going to be eyesinthedarkpodcast at gmail.com maybe sitting down and writing a virtual letter is too old fashioned for you and you need to tweet it from your uh, from your iPhone or whatever We're, we are on Twitter at EITDpod and of course, we are a Stuff and Things podcast network show, so we can be reached through stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So with that said, let's go around the table a little bit and kind of introduce a little bit about ourselves, how we got here, why we're doing this individually, and then uh, we'll jump right into it. So let's start off with uh, James. Uh, <coughs> my name is James. I um, work in aerospace. And uh, I think I began to love horror movies uh, because they scared the piss out of me. And they got me really excited <laughs> at the same time. So really, on, on. Oh, so you had like literally? a piss boner. Yes, <laughs> a, a fear boner. If oh, there, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Did it when literally I was about scare 13, the piss out of you? Like literally? Uh, or is this a story for another time? Questionable. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll let you, uh, I was probably about 13. I don't know. but That's the standard age for when yeah. you think you were a kid, right? Um, when I began to get addicted to like being scared because it's such a great adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. And that's my love of horror movies. I also happen to love movies. Got a little okay. little thing I like to call a movie trivia degree. Nice. A lot okay. of fancy people call film studies. It's just movie trivia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we have we have James on the show. He is um, one of the most learned film uh, students of film, uh, not necessarily in the classroom, but just in general in life. Yeah, I have no life, and I watch a lot of movies previously no, on TBS. Perfect. Cool. Uh, what's Do you have and, a... F- oh, go ahead. Oh, and uh, if you're more interested in uh, me, you can follow me at uh, Jurassic Price on Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's Jurassic with one R. A lot of people yeah. try to spell it with two. <laughs> Jurassic. Also, I very rarely tweet, so you won't find out a lot about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe we can find out a little bit more about you right now, though. Um, do you have a favorite horror movie? 
It would probably be Evil Dead 2. Ooh, okay. Army of Darkness, maybe. Okay. They're one in the same family. All right. But All I right. fell in love with Bruce Campbell because it was both funny and scary. The best of every emotion. So. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we learned a little bit about James, but he, he will remain enig- enigmatic. Uh, let's go ahead and go over to Ep- Efren over here. Oh, wow. As Already. you may be familiar, Already. you may be familiar from uh, my other shows. Evren is here doing a podcast. Finally. I have the bearded one here. Yeah. So let's do this. Tell um, us. You sound like a Lord of the Rings character. The bearded one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm Evan. Um, uh, the bearded I, ball rock. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah. I don't know what. Uh, I do. You know, life things. Mm-hmm. I work. I pay bills. Uh, I try not to. Try not to die. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I'm married. Uh, I work in retail like a child still, and was that a was that know. a sweatshop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that type of reference oh yes, uh, this is, this is from, where we're going already. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, there's not like a like a ton to me. I like to draw and paint and things like that, and uh, watch movies. And got into horror pretty young because my parents are terrible parents and let me watch whatever the hell I wanted when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, okay. I distinctly remember in the third grade, pretty young, uh-huh. watching... So you like, what, like eight? So that's 13, right? We already established that 13 is the age that you picture yourself as a kid at <laughs> all times. No, no. Um, I remember distinctly watching the Child's Play trilogy. Oh, God, why? Um, and it ruined my life. I literally had nightmares for three years oh, after that. shit. No joke. And, uh, but, I mean, like, my parents let me watch, like, Hellraiser and, like, all those movies, like... Something that kids shouldn't be watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it kind of just made me kind of desensitized to horror, the horror genre in general. So I've been watching stuff since I was a kid. Um, didn't really, like, have a passion for it, though, until, like, high school, a little after high school, though. Like, a lot of friends loved horror and stuff like that, so we would always watch horror movies together. And um, I think I just like the, like, like James said, like, the suspense and the, on your edge you know feeling and things like that so yeah cool all right so do you have a favorite horror movie um i wouldn't say i have a very horror movie as much as i would like say that i have like a a favorite like what introduced me like to like really understand that i love like horror and i i think it was when i when i really (laughs) got into the like george george a romero uh like zombie movies and stuff like that like that's kind of what really like pulled me in and then uh, I took it from there and things like that. But like so, like James said, like I love... So George Romero gave you your first fear boner? Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> but I also love like like Evil Dead 2, yeah. Army of Darkness, all that stuff. Like great, nice. great movies. All so, right. But uh, cool. yeah, just like the... I, I like the gore and the... Uh, like, I don't know. Just stuff that's like... I, I, like that grosses normal people out. And I'm right. not normal, so... So where can people learn more about you or keep up with you? Oh, uh, my Twitter handle is at Evan the Braun. That's nice. Evan, E-B-A-N, the, T-H-E, Braun, B-R-A-U-N. There you go. There, there you go. go, people. Follow him up. I, I, always, I always spell his last name Bruin. That's not how you spell yeah. it, guys. It's Braun, <laughs> like the razor. Don't Braun. put the U in front of the A. Don't do it. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> James. I, I, he's never got <laughs> one single email from me because I always spell it wrong. Also, like James, I, I rarely tweet. Um, I, I'm more of a... An Instagrammer. Oh yeah, I'm is it the same? To... Is it the same for Instagram? Then? No, Instagram is just Evan Braun. Okay, so cool. Without the the, yeah, without the the. Oh, that's kind of hard to say. That made me sad. Without the the. Without the the. All right, cool. So me, 
Uh, I'm Chewy. You probably already know a little bit about me from Stuff and Things podcast and uh, Four Color Commentary. But in case you don't, I love horror. I love blood. I love guts. I love shit that fucking scares you. That's why I'm Four Color com- comment- Four Color like Commentary. <laughs> no. Oh. Four Color Commentary. Um, I really like to bring uh, comic books that are, you know, like horror based. Like I like Walking Dead and like bloody shit and all that stuff. So, um... I, I, I love horror, you know. Um, I came to really enjoy it a little bit later on, uh, kind of like you guys. I remember my first exposure to horror that I can recall was actually very similar to yours, Evan, um, <laughs> except it wasn't uh, people letting me watch Child's Play. It was I was at a movie, um, one of those movies. Back in the day, we had these video stores where you'd have to go and pick out VHS tapes. Okay, yes. you had the dust, yeah. Um, so we were at a, a video store, and my uncle, it was like right after Child's Play or Child's Play 2 came out or something like that on VHS, and he grabbed the um, VHS copy of it, and he's like, Look, it's Chucky, he's gonna get you. Now, at this point, I'm like three or four, I'm not even in kindergarten, and uh, he's like, He's gonna get you, and I'm like, No, and so I you're actually my- smaller than Chucky the doll, exactly. And he starts, ch- I start to run away, and he starts chasing me around the video store. Going, He's going to get you. He's going to get you. I'm like, no. I ran out of the video store down the street. My dad had to run out of the store to go find me and, and stuff like that. So I've, I've so, been terrified of Chucky like since then. Even now, as you I'll should. see that motherfucker. As you should. Yeah. Dolls are the worst thing in the world. Oh God. We're making it so easy for our fucking enemies right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not scared of dolls. Well, you're um, an adult. You're an adult. Just You're saying, not a child. Yeah, I'm just stating that. <laughs> so, um, so that was like my first exposure to horror. And the earliest like horror movie I remember. I remember my parents watching uh, Candyman. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I so I knew of the legend of Candyman and the whole like you know turn off the lights and say really? his name and the oh, the shit. legend created by Hollywood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Isn't it great how Hollywood can do that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Those bastards. So, it was basically the Bloody Mary exactly. yeah, myth. But it was you a know, black guy with bees. It was a black dude. Which yeah. is scarier in my opinion. Yeah. It's true. Because <laughs> nobody, like, nobody likes bees. Nobody likes bees and nobody likes Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't like black I was hoping you would finish yeah, that for Hollywood me. doesn't like black men. Um, so James, we all know now, is racist. Yeah. So, against bees. Against bees. bees, yeah. No, so, I, I um, like bees. yeah, I remember them watching that, and that's when I was that kind of piqued my interest of like, ooh, like I'm not supposed to watch this. What is it, you know? Um, and then later on, a little bit after high school, um, kind of starting college and stuff, that's when I kind of really broke into it. Uh, I was working at Tower Records, and I would just pick up like random movies that looked really interesting, and a lot of them were horror. So, um, I remember my um, fascination really peaked where I. Be- became passionate about it when I started picking up random like Korean and Japanese horror films things like The Wishing Stairs and like Two Sisters and stuff like that have you seen Ringu I have yeah I own it cool you sure. want it if only there was <laughs> I do not want it it is terrible in my opinion no so that that was where and my favorite um, horror movie of all time at least to this point has to be uh, 28 Days Later it's a good never, movie oh, I've never I, seen it Really? Oh, it's yeah. a great movie. Oh, it's so good. I'm, I saw it in I'm, theaters. I'm like 328 days behind. Uh, oh, probably like, actually like 1,200, right? <laughs> I don't know how many years ago it was. Made. So, um... Danny Boyle's the shit, though. I've seen <coughs> train, train Spotting. That's scary as shit. <laughs> the best horror movie ever. <laughs> so, as that you can baby see... drawing on the ceiling? Ewan McGregor <laughs> dives down a toilet. 
Yeah, that's Whoa, true. Never want to do that. So as as you can see from how we're talking about these different movies here, um, we have a pretty wide, wide fucking definition of what horror is as a genre. And and I feel like we should. It shouldn't be really pigeonholed into certain types of horror or even horror itself is kind of constraining. So we might branch out to things that people want to be like, that's not fucking horror and we'll just say, fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, like pretty it. much pretty much any war movie that's really good is is horrific to me. Because mm. I never want to see that and it's always sad and scary. All right. Well, we've kind of worn uh, we, we've kind of worn through our welcome here. So let's get started with the fucking show. So episode one, we chose to do what we consider a horror movie classic for many reasons. Uh, so we decided to do The Shining. All right. So let's go. There's no good riff. Yeah. The Shining <laughs> can there isn't. Just the, there really just isn't. the ear piercing. Yeah. Yeah. That ear ringing. That. Exactly. That's an Indian. That's an Indian. Why am I doing an Indian thing? Just heartbeats. Uh, and then just like a typewriter in the background. Like, oh, actually, you know when he pulls like the paper off the typewriter yeah. and it makes that shriek? I literally was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Some scary ass paper. Wouldn't it be awesome if typewriters did that? Not that we use them anymore. That'd but be even terrifying. computers, like when you hit enter, it's like, ching. That'd be terrifying, dude. Yeah. Why? Why would you want to do that? So let's go ahead and. Uh, talk about that. So, The Shining. Um, give us a little bit about it. So, what, what is this movie about, in a nutshell? If you don't know, you live in a closet. You live in a closet, but we're going to go ahead and tell you anyways. Yeah. I'll boil it down into one sentence here. The Shining is about a man who... He's unemployed, right? Jack think, Nicholson yeah, yeah. is unemployed in yeah. this yes. movie. Who takes a job being a <laughs> caretaker of a very remote hotel in Colorado. He takes care of it. In the winter time, in which it is not open for business, pretty sure that's not one sentence, but I'll go with it. It is. I just paused multiple times. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So now we have a little bit of a background into that. So, um, what did you, <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, <laughs> oh, so warm. Oh man, I'm sorry about this, guys. Uh, of course, no horror movie uh, roundabout is complete without alcohol, and there's some warm alcohol going around, so the faces are priceless right now. So that's why we're laughing. James Priceless. Oh, oh dear. Waiting for somebody to make that. <laughs> oh joke. man. <laughs> oh, All good right. one. I haven't heard that one before. So. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. For what would you guys let's think? Hop in. The let's, opening, the, yeah, yeah let's let's, hop, let's, the opening is so good. We could spend an entire hour talking about that. Yeah, right. But that's we, gonna, but we won't. Opinion. We won't. But we'll, we'll go <laughs> ahead. Don't worry. It's not. A, it's going to be a four-hour-long podcast. Yeah. It's just so good. Go ahead, Chew. I know you got a point on this. So, the opening scene. So we start off and we kind of see uh, a car driving in the distance. We're like kind of flying over this lake and stuff like that. Again, if you haven't seen it already, something's wrong with you. But Go watch it anyways. Um, it, it's it's pretty amazing. It's beautifully shot. It's a magnificent shot. Um, and it starts off super wide. And you just see this, um, you know, the lake. And then it starts to close in on the road. You see a car driving on the road. It's like a, it starts to pull it is, in. It's like, it's a, like a, tra- a tracking, establishing shot. Yeah. And it's like yeah. from like a helicopter or some shit. You I'll know? say, it's definitely I'll say, yeah. or I'll say this. If you've seen The Shining and you've only seen it once, Please go watch it again, and if not, another time. Um, there's so much stuff in this movie that, like, we're going to talk about that it's going to come out the more and more you watch it. The first, I mean, I've seen The Shining a couple of times before I, I you yeah, know, likewise, yeah. really kind of paid attention to it. And um, I watched it this last year on Halloween, actually. And, yeah. and, like, 
all this stuff that we're going to talk about is kind of like when it like when my eyes open to it like Chewie's talking about like the opening scene it's ridiculously good it's yeah. for an opening scene i mean it's stanley kubrick obviously so i mean there's there's that but we should probably start with that yeah stanley kubrick directed it okay it's and based on a stephen king novel if you don't know stanley screenplay. kubrick he's a fucking psycho yeah <laughs> but in the best way he's Absolutely. one of those artistic dudes who's crazy and does everything really well because he's crazy yeah um so kubrick uh directed uh we had um is based on a stephen king novel jack nicholson in there is one of the, is the i guess you can't say i mean is he the leading role oh he's a, oh uh, yeah he's the lead man which which is or comes is the hotel con- the hotel mm. oh damn but it comes into conflict with the book because oh, in the okay. book danny mm-hmm. is the exactly yeah. oh. so we have shelly duvall as wendy uh the AKA ugliest woman the ugliest woman, the, the ugliest woman alive Oh. Yeah, no, second that. Yeah, <laughs> she had really red ears and they were big and big teeth. Yeah. She had Gary Busey teeth. She was like a she was like a like a octopus or a kraken. Octopus like, mouse. This is her teeth. Release the kraken. <laughs> Shelly Duvall's like, I'm not ready yet. Robert Duvall <laughs> is bombed on his daughter. No, no, no. When you say release the kraken, it's Shelly Duvall running through the hallway in that terrible turtle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flailing her knife everywhere. Yeah, her knife oh, like it's God. a giant dildo. Someone <laughs> yeah. never told it's her that... It's just a dildo that's flopping. We were no longer shooting Popeye, and she was no longer olive oil with the noodle arms. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even know she was olive oil. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, she was. I Alongside of Robin Williams as Popeye. Was that after The Shining? Or, I think so. Yeah, right? it was after. I think so. so she she came so. back from the future to do that. Um, and then we have oh. some little kid, Danny. What's his face to play Danny? He the sucks. Who cares? Yeah, he's the worst dude. actor ever. Um, and also a dude with a really fucking sweet name. Oh, oh. Scatman Crowthers, the best name in the industry. Yep, our yep. industry. He plays Dick Halloran,d the uh, the cook. Yeah. Um, of the Overlook Hotel. So um, now that we've kind of established, and it came out in 1980, by the way, in case you were wondering. So now that we've done that, let's go back to the opening scene. So it's beautifully shot. It's magnificent. I I wrote down some notes, and I was just like, okay. So I feel like what's happening here is it's, you know, it gets closer and closer as they get closer to the Overlook Hotel. And I feel like it's just symbolic of um, Jack's... Uh, I guess descent into madness or you're just kind of getting inside his head because I feel like as the movie starts it's about the the hotel, his family his job, it's about all this stuff you know that's just bigger than him just the, the whole mountainside, the lake all that stuff and then as the movie progresses you're just forced into a narrower scope of vision each time until basically you're just looking through his one track mind so I feel like the, the 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 tracking getting more and more precise is just reflective of that. It kind of foreshadows how the movie's going to go. I got this like complete isolation feel, definitely, like because mm-hmm. it's such a wide, expansive shot that you're like you get this this idea right off the bat, and Kubrick makes it clear that hey guys, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous, and you will have no help from anything ever. And it's in the middle of nowhere. And I thought the most interesting part of the opening actually. It's you got this you you got you're treated to this <coughs> Volkswagen driving on this road, right? And you're you're way out in long shot. It's zoomed out big yeah. time. You can you can't see any anybody's faces or anything. You just see this Volkswagen. And then right as the title card hits, it zooms in. And by yeah. title card I mean it, it starts with a Stanley Kubrick film, right? Yeah. Right as that starts, it starts to zoom in and then you can see people in the car. And I felt like, Hey, hey guys, you're in the middle of nowhere right now. 
and these are our people. Boom, Stanley Kubrick, Jack Nicholson, and then all of a sudden you can it zooms in on the bug, and you can you're like you're in the movie now. Yeah, yeah. So it like sets a tone immediately. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. What did you What did you think, Evan? Crazy use of the titles. Um, I I mean yeah I, I agree with obviously everything you guys are saying, but I think just too like, I mean a lot of a lot of movies in general, not just horror movies, start like this where you know if it's if it's gonna be a movie that's gonna the end result is a you know a bad thing or a you know a tragedy or something like that i think a lot of movies start off with like a oh this is a happy opening like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a nice scenery it's it's beautiful it's vast it's, yeah and then you know it, and then it's kind of telling you like this is gonna be you know a good story or a good yeah. whatever that's a um, weird take because i didn't get that at all because oh. the the, mo- the sound like it looked beautiful, yeah. mm-hmm. but the, the soundtrack was freaking me out. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack was fucking phenomenal. I loved the soundtrack in it as much as it didn't have a discernible like melody or like here's the fucking riff for it or whatever. It's just all like you're inside the mind of a madman. You actually were treated to a good feeling in the yeah. I mean, I thought the entire like the entire beginning of the movie was like carefree. Like I didn't think that it was creepy at all. Open my mind. I, I see what you're saying with the, the music now, but I think maybe I just I just tuned out the music. I don't know, like maybe because I knew it was a, a it was a, a horror movie or a thriller yeah. kind of movie. Well, it does that, set it up as like a destination you want to go to, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why. Like I think maybe because I I already knew that what it like I knew what the movie was that maybe I tuned that out and I just paid attention to like what the the visual was. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. I I mean let's be honest, I'd go there. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Even after knowing what happens when you go there, <laughs> I'd still fucking go there like a big idiot. Nice. I've even been there to the over the Stanley Hotel. The Stanley Hotel. No. So, yeah, it's based on a real fucking place. So tell us about that. You've actually been to the Stanley Hotel. And yeah. Okay. That, let's, let's talk this for a hot second here. Yeah. This for will hot, be real quick. Yeah, yeah. For, real quick. For a hot second here, before you talk about that, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, uh I'm gonna pull the fox molder and say that I want to believe. Okay, but I've never had the experience that makes me come right. to it. Okay, what about you, Evan? Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I've never experienced anything. Um, I, I believe to an extent, but I'm also, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't have proof, or and I've never yeah. experienced it. So I just, I, You're I've interested. seen things. I'm interested. interested. Yeah. I, I just don't know if it's like a, an actual thing for sure or not. I, I, I sit in the position that I think it's totally possible. I haven't had anything particular happen to me. Um, but with that said, you went to what is reportedly an extremely haunted yeah. the Stanley uh, Hotel in Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah. It's in uh, Estes Park, Colorado. and uh, Which the movie takes place in Colorado also. Yes, it does. It's outside Boulder, which is uh, actually where Estes Park is. No, oh, okay. no, you don't go through Boulder at all to go to Essen Park. Mm. Scratch it. You know, know they, it's not they, a geography lesson. I know they live in Denver, but I know I don't. Yeah, I know it doesn't take place. Yeah, in they mentioned they had to drive like three hours to get there or something like that. In the no, beginning. they live in Boulder. They're watching Denver newscasts. Not that oh, it's a big difference. Boulder is yeah. forty minutes from Denver, right? But yeah. anyways, so you're at the Stanley. I, I did go to the Stanley. It was probably about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, if you watch the show Ghost Hunters, they've been there like mm-hmm. five times because yeah, a bunch yeah. of crazy shit happens. Let me tell you this. The Stanley Hotel is nothing what you picture. Okay. Nothing in this movie shows you the Stanley Hotel. Not the yeah. exterior, not the interior, yeah. no rooms, nothing <laughs> is yeah. depicted well, as the actual Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Hotel is in the middle of town. Okay. It's surrounded by restaurants and like yeah, yeah. skiing shops and it's tiny. 
Okay. It's. I mean, it has but, like some like was fifty it, rooms. But, but was it when Stephen King? Yes, yeah, that, that's where Stephen King stayed, where he had the experience. Right, but was it was it, it that to write like, this book? Was it that like integrated with like the city at that point, or was it more remote back then? Oh, I don't know. I don't know when he visited. Obviously, but it was he, before he 1979 had, when the he movie had was some made. experiences which led him to be like, "Oh, well, this is a good idea." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the hotel is um, uh, kind of surprising in that it's really small. Mm. It's really cramped. It's old. They haven't done, redone a lot of it. And the room that he stayed in is like, I think it's only like two or three stories, this yeah. hotel. And uh, the room that he stayed in is just like, oh, okay. You got to pay like 50 bucks for a tour. Uh, the food is great. That's <laughs> But it's, it's, it's definitely not what you see in the film. Yeah, the, movie, okay. the, the hotel that you see in the film is, it's in Mount Hood it's in, in Oregon. Oregon, so. yeah. yeah. It's pretty big fucking and they, they yeah. use all sorts of like different shots. They like use different exterior shots versus like the interior shots where something else and stuff like that. There's really good uh great little like uh, it's not really a documentary. It's a documentary. It's, like, there's a documentary called Room uh two thirty seven uh on Netflix that you can kinda watch in addition to the Shining, if you want, if you it, want to hear crazy yes. theories about yeah. The Shining, oh, yeah. this is what you it, watch. I definitely, I definitely recommend watching it. It's yeah. not necessarily go open minded. Yeah, yeah <coughs> it's 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 random people's like theories on yeah. what they think the movie means. Um, it's not necessarily what it does mean or, or Kubrick's yeah. point or anything like that. Um, it makes your, just, it makes it, your watch more interesting. Though. Yeah, yeah, it does definitely. And then the next watch time you watch afterwards, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, next time you watch Shining, The Shining. Uh, Look out for those things that they talk about, and then it'll kind of you can kind of make your own opinion. Can we jump into this real yeah, quick? Yeah. Uh, they say so. We're, we're treated to the, uh, uh, Jack Torrance arriving to the hotel, uh, right? And well, no, the no, family. Sorry, I thought it was awesome that you know Jack Nicholson's character is named Jack. Danny's character is named Danny. Like, I feel like they like, yeah, really like didn't the... try on the names. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. no is that Danny right kid's real it's, name. It's Jack Danny? Torrance yeah. in the movie, though. Yeah, yeah. Or it's sorry, in the book. In the, the book. book. It, it is Jack Torrance, yeah. so it's just coincidental, I guess. There we go. But, okay, first of all, I just realized this. The first scene is, oh, it's just Jack driving up. It's not the family. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Erroneous. Uh, it's just Jack <laughs> dr- driving up for the interview, right? And then in the interview, immediately it states that the hotel is closed for seven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? What does this hotel yeah. do for business? Yeah. <laughs> seven months? Well, they just do such fantastic business in, in five months. Five months. That they that can open this grand hotel and the rest of the time, they're, like, they're, nah. they're closed from nah, don't need, October, don't need it. October think, 30th through May something. You would, yeah. May 1st. You would yeah. think that they would uh, be open at some point during the winter because of skiing. Well, and that's, that's and what Jack and they bring says. that up, right? Yeah, yeah. Jack says he's like, I thought. I would think that you guys would be open with all the skiing and stuff like that. But, but if you I listen, and the, the presidential dude's like, mm, actually, the hotel was built in 1907 before skiing existed, which is yeah. not true at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then in one of the rooms, uh, you see in the movie later, that there's actually posters of skiing things. Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. advertising skiing. Yeah, he did, yeah. And then he, well, he changed his tone, right? Because he was like, oh, well, actually, skiing didn't exist. Also, the road sucks and it's never plowed. It's like, oh, I, okay, I guess that's going to set us up for something later, and it does. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, cool, but yeah, that, that opening scene, I think it just really sets the tone, whether you know, you're looking at it as like, oh, it's like a positive thing or a negative thing. It just kind of puts you in the mood for just you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and that's where you're going to be for yes. seven months. And that first interview scene pretty yeah. much tells well, you exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. and here, The whole story well, is revealed. What I wanted to ask <laughs> you about that, um, this this movie was segmented. 
So well, it yeah, wasn't it was like episodic. Yeah, it was yeah. episodic. It wasn't like other movies where it's just you're just kind of well, watching. They to break a point, it. though, right? Yeah, because they, uh, eventually. It just the title cards just drop off. It's like, exactly. Yeah, well, it's everything Tuesday, ha- and then it's been Tuesday. Forever. Everything happens on on a Tuesday. Um, so it starts off, you know, it says the interview, a big like title card, and then you have the interview, and then it goes to the closing day, and then you have closing day, and then a month later, it just does that, and then eventually, like James is saying, you get to I think it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday or some shit, and then it just um, the title cards actually switch to time cards. Then it's yeah. eight a.m. and then four p.m. I think, like that I think that all just kind of miss that. I think that all is probably like the last day that like everything yeah, takes place. Like exactly, that. but I mean, how did you guys feel about that? Because that's different. You don't see that in a lot of horror movies right. in general, uh, and especially now. Yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting. I couldn't quite exactly figure out why Kubrick would want to do. It. I feel like he was like like uh, structuring it like a novel, mm-hmm. where it'd be different chapters, right, in the mm-hmm. story, like this episodic narrative. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was like trying to trying to chronicle it or just show the the gradual pro- or the quick progression right because it's yeah. like like a couple like a month passes or something yeah all it's of like a, a month and a half or something in like three that. days the entire story unfolds yeah, yeah exactly well I, I think that i think that was i think that was his point was it wasn't like oh over the seventh month period this this you know thing unfolded i think it was you know look how quickly it happened yeah how quickly he went insane and things like that or how quickly like stuff started happening in the hotel and stuff i think that if it wasn't time carded, that it would, it would, people would have assumed Soon that, like, oh, over a yeah. seventh month period, then this all this happened. Yeah. So I think it was actually kind of good that he did that, or, and kind of cool and yeah. unexpected. So I mean, I I really liked it because it gives you some sort of suspense because you're there, you're watching, and you can see like uh, Wendy, Shelley Duvall's character, and Danny, like they're having breakfast or something like that, and then it'll just cut to a black like title card, and it'll say like Wednesday. And I think you're kind of like, ominous, yeah. yeah, and you're just kind of mm. like, ooh, what the it's, fuck's it's really dramatic too, yeah, because it, it'll do like the whole like, Doh. and it does, and so, like, it does the, like the yeah, the you, string hits. You know what it seems like, and this is this is just a riff here, yeah, because I've read about it, um, and and Jack. Jack Nicholson mentions it. He mentions the Donner Party on the drive up there. Ooh, One day mm-hmm, I got really mm-hmm. obsessed and read the entire Wikipedia article on Donner Party. Very crazy, by the way. Yeah, they should yeah. make a horror movie about that. Um, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they have. have. They just yeah. haven't done it well, probably. But yeah, yeah. anyways, it seems like a journal of someone going through cabin fever. Yeah. Right? Dude, like that's... a very like degressive journal or something. <laughs> Dude, and, and I mean, it's, it's great that you bring that up because that's... There's lots of like horror movie cliches, and I think that that's part of what like a lot of people feel bastardize it. Um, so a lot of it's like you know the cabin fever thing, or the you know the teenage sex equals death thing, and shit like that. So we'll kind of be exploring those as they come up in movies. But it's good that you pointed out that cabin and, fever thing. Yeah, and The Shining doesn't really fit into any of these, right? Because yeah, they try the even the I forget the guy that interviews him, the president, uh, uh, presidential Omen. looking Omen. dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He interviews uh, Jack Torrance, and he says that the guy, that uh, a guy Charles Grady, a caretaker mm-hmm. in the hotel, went crazy and yeah. massacred his entire family, yeah. and they blamed it on cabin fever. So he sets up that like, oh, the hotel's got this yeah. cabin fever essence to it, which is like, okay, the exactly. movie's going to be like that. And but then it's also like a haunted house uh-huh. and a slasher, yeah. and like it's got so many elements to it. It's well, he, he even says like. Um, you know, sometimes, like you said, he doesn't even just say like, "Oh, this happened here." He says, "You know, he was a good man. He was this. He was tr- reliable. He was trustworthy." But sometimes, when people are cooped up together for too long, you know, they go off the rails. So it's like li- just 
spelling that out. I, I almost kind of took that little scene as um, it, it's almost like like he's given because he's telling Jack at that point because he's like, what exactly am I it's supposed almost to do warning here? Him. He, he's warning him, but I feel like in Jack's mind, it was part of the instructions because he kind of, you know, he says, well, what exactly am I doing here? You guys in Denver didn't really tell me much. He says, well, you'll be responsible for doing the repairs as they're needed. He's responsible running the for boiler, making running sure, the boiler, making sure the hotel runs. He says doing the repairs. Make, make sure the pipes up. don't freeze. Yeah. And then he's and then he goes on to say, oh, and I forgot to mention my guys didn't tell you before. Uh, I feel like I should just tell you about this. And he says, you know, Grady went crazy and killed his entire family with an axe and then shot himself in the head. And the whole time um, Jack's sitting there kind of blank faced during that part, just kind of nodding. And he's just like, that's quite a story. Yeah. You who's know? not going? Let's get the fuck out of here. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, but I'm just like, OK, maybe he's kind of internalizing it like subconsciously as like, OK, Let's see. Uh, step one, uh, run the boiler. Step two, run repairs. Step three, murder family. Yeah, step yeah, four, have yeah. breakfast. He has <laughs> check, no concern check, about check. that whatsoever. He's like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, whatever, next. Well, the best part... You I just want to sleep in that room. <laughs> where you're talking about the um, the daughter party thing, I noticed that on the way up, because you you get the where he's bringing his family up, you get the whole, like, okay, they're going up to the Overlook and everything is happy and fine. And then um, I think Danny's asking for something or like Wendy's saying something and Jack, he just, he has a way where he's, he, he does it amazingly here in this fucking movie where he's just acting internally, but you can see it and you can feel it. Oh, cause where, he, has, he has the greatest eyebrows. In the oh yeah. He, he just, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the greatest eyebrows. Yeah. Um, Ameri- not only do they move, but they look fantastic. And exactly. Like, Damn that guy. America's America's most treasured eyebrows. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, But basically what he's doing is you can see Wendy and Danny talking to him and you can just hear in his fucking head the shit that's running through there like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he tells his son, you're an idiot. You didn't eat your breakfast. Shut your mouth. Yeah, he's like, well, you should have eaten your breakfast. This this raises a very pertinent question, I think. (laughs) Do you think that Jack hates Wendy so much that Wendy actually made him crazy and not oh, the cabin man. fever. It I feel be. like you could argue that. <laughs> well, because at different points throughout the, the beginning of the film, yeah. Jack Nicholson gets pissed at her. But see, for I, just bothering. Him. I feel like he's upset that she's married to him. Well, he, <laughs> well, I mean, you've read the book, right? Yeah. Evan, have you read the book? No. Okay. So there's lots of differences in the book and here. And I mean, a lot of it's going to be the internal monologue. In the book, you get a lot of the internal monologue, which is awesome because if you've read the book. The internal monologue of Danny. Uh, of Danny. No, but you also um, you also get some from Jack. You also get some from Jack okay. here and there. Like during the interview. During the interview, you get some from Jack where he's actually doing the interview and stuff like that. And um, it's great because if you've read the book – you're watching Jack Nicholson on screen and you're like, oh, he obviously read the book. He's saying those things that happen in the book in his head right now in between lines. He always has that that pause that's one second too long to respond where, you know, in his head, he's just like, fuck you. Of course, I would fucking yeah. do that. You fuckhead. You know, like he does in the book, which is awesome. I didn't yeah, read yeah, it. Perhaps, Technically, I did an audio book. But perhaps in this it. movie, Jack Nicholson wants to kill his family because he hates them. Exactly. Not because of the hotel at all. Well, and maybe it's one of those <laughs> things. Like, ruining his life. Well, think about it like this. He seems to think so, right? The he in the movie in the beginning of the movie he's you know he's fucking, um, 
he's on the wagon. He says he's sober. He's been sober for, I think they said like five, five months. months or something five like months, that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, like alcohol is like, you know, it's, it's a fucking key. It opens the door. It makes you braver. It makes you not afraid to say what you want to say or what you really want to do. A lot of people consider alcohol to just be an uninhibitor. It doesn't make you do things you wouldn't normally do. It just uninhibits you to do the things that you really want to do. You know what I mean? So it's almost like what if the outlook is kind of his alcohol, his drink of his his uh, drink of choice, for lack of better words, that opens him up to allow him to do what he really wants to do. Wait, what does the, he? The hotel. Oh, the hotel is his alcohol. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what makes him. Well, it doesn't make him crazy. He, it just he, he does seem obsessed with it. He's like, I love this hotel. I would live here every day of my life. Exactly. Not, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he like he's obsessed with it. In the, yeah. The early going. Exactly. Yeah. You know the part. So you know the the scene where he's in the whatever the gold room, the the oh, grand ballroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the first time or the second any, time. Any time. Okay. <laughs> the so golden you know, age. You know yeah. when he's sitting there and he's talking to the bartender and he's Lloyd. drinking mm-hmm. Lloyd and he's drinking. Um, do you think he's actually drinking or do you think he's just imagining everything? No, I think it's completely in his head. Okay. So you think he's Be- because what's his name? Presidential dude. What's his name? Old Mars. Omen. Omen. Where did I get Mars? <laughs> Mars. <laughs> President Mars. Yes, here. President Mars of Earth. President Mars is giving him the grand tour and he's like, oh, yes, this is our ballroom. And, and uh, Jack Nicholson's like quite a bar. Yeah. AKA I'm an alcoholic. And he and and Mar, President Mars is like, yeah, we take all the uh, alcohol out of here every time we shut down mm-hmm. for insurance reasons. Yeah, which to me means because everybody parties otherwise. And, and but then, there's no alcohol. In there. And They've then taken he, it out. He goes on to say, he's like, oh well, we don't drink, you know. Yeah. But there's that there's that like oh that little he, sting and that little bite in his voice. It's like, yeah, we don't fucking drink, do we, Wendy? You know, it's oh, you get the I feeling that because just, if I drink, I'm gonna hurt the boy again. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, um, talk about so can, many can we ta- can we talk about how awkward that is? Yes. Let's launch right into that. Yes. How awkward that is the story that unfolds that Jack tore his son's shoulder <laughs> out of its socket yeah. because he was playing with his school papers. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll admit. I mean, I can, I can understand. <laughs> Evan's like, I'll admit that I've dislocated no, a child's no, 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 arm no, no, before. No. <laughs> I just mean, and I can understand, like, if you're, I've, I mean, up, I've, I've been, I mean, my dad was, I mean, my dad didn't beat me. Yeah. But my, my dad, like, was rough with me. And yeah. I, he's never, like, dislocated my shoulder or anything. But I can see where, like, if a kid is, you know, pissing a parent off and that guy, and, you know, he just is like, get up. And he pulls him by the shoulder kind of thing, like. Yeah, I don't I can think see where it'll I don't think it's not plausible. Like right. it is plausible. Yeah. But I, and I don't think that he should be like, oh, like I bet I bet you anything. Everybody, if that would happen, everybody in around him would be like, you're an abuser yeah, and yeah. you beat your it, child. It is clear though that both he and Wendy kind of think that he tore his arm out of his socket, right? Because they yeah, play yeah. it off like, oh yeah, it was no big deal. It could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. They keep saying that. Yeah. But they say it like in that like cover up mode. Right. Yeah. Where like, you like want to you want to suspect like, <laughs> like oh I he fell was fell drunk down and the he stairs. tore his arm out of his socket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fell down the stairs. I fell into well, a doorknob. That's gonna launch me into this theory. I got this big theory written right. down in fancy sentences. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that Jack, because he tore Danny's arm out of his socket? Caused Danny to have the shining. Oh shit! What? Okay, basis know, yeah, for your theory because the, she Boom. was she was Mind saying she was saying that that it started after that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. So so I've I've got it's it written true. down. The shining they explain as in the book they like the shining yeah. is the entire book, right? Yeah. But in the movie they're kind of like. Mm. By the way, Danny yeah. has like this telekinesis exactly. where he can talk to people, and they yeah. call it the shining. 
That's what uh, the, the so cook, the book in the book they they explain it more. Or they oh, focus yeah. more. That's on what it. the book is about. You is follow, that Danny can you communicate. Danny. Communicate in his head, like he can. What, what you can read thoughts, right? He, he can shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can shine as. That's a, what they say Cal, in the book. Cal, what's a Dick Halloran? Yeah, the, Dick the Halloran. cook. That's what he says because Dick Halloran can also shine. Yeah, and that's what and Dick his Halloran's grandma used to be able to shine. Said, is that you can you can communicate telepathically? That's what it is, not telekinesis. Sorry, telepathically communicate. And read people's Mind thoughts. bullets. But it's explained that, okay, basically telepathy, some people have and some people don't. And then Dick Halloran goes on to say that places like the hotel can also have the shining, right? Yeah, he goes but, on to say that, you know, they, they leave an imprint. You know, they, <laughs> like things burnt happen. toast. Like burnt toast. That's my favorite line. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, getting back to the theory. Yeah, Wendy explains that Danny first talks to his imaginary friend Tony that lives in his mouth who communicates hides in his tummy and hides in his tummy <laughs> and knows what the shining is Tony is referencing the shining he knows what it is uh, that he first came about when Jack to- uh, dislocated the kid's shoulder and he's and the kid didn't go to school for a couple months so therefore did Jack cause Danny to have the oh, shining shit, dude you're like dude like my mind is fucking blown how right did Dan, now. I never because thought how about did, that Is way. it like people are just born with it? They don't really explain that. Because then or you could argue... developed? Yeah, exactly. Because I would say that Jack develops The Shining from the hotel. Oh, shit. And that's Dick, why he's shining with the hotel. Because yeah, Dick... Uh, Dick the, the, the I'm just saying Dick. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Dick, <cook>. Dick, Dick. <laughs> I need Dick. Uh, <laughs> the, the cook explains, essentially. He says, you know, places can have The Shining, too, just yeah. like a person. So he's explaining that the hotel has the shining, right? Yeah. The, this telepathic communication power. And so as you go on, you see that Jack Nicholson starts to somewhat gain the shining. Yeah. And he clearly hasn't had it before because he'd be able to talk to his son. In what way, though? Like, where is it shown that he has the shining? Yeah, yeah. So I saw, I, I, I tend to notice that, that Kubrick is, is, has this uh, audio cue that whenever Danny in the beginning, has, he first sees the vision of the elevator doors the elevator, opening oh, with yeah. the blood. My, f- my favorite freaking scene of the whole movie. Yeah, you just want to like, oh, look, it's like Wild Rivers with blood. So <laughs> freaking rad. And he sees it in the bathroom, right? And he yeah. passes out. Danny yeah. passes out. While, while Danny's brushing his teeth, um, you hear this audio cue of like your ears are ringing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't reproduce Yeah, it's, it the, it's the ears ringing. The like, ears are ringing. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, the nice high-pitched noise. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then you hear it again when he talks to Tony. Uh, by himself you hear this like yeah like this this ear ringing yeah so then you start to like associate the sound with danny com- communicating telepathically even when he does it with dick halloran in the kitchen when halloran's giving him the ice cream you hear that like ringing in the background yeah that's kind of sets up like okay whenever danny's using the shining he's like the the ringing of the ears goes on yeah so then i wrote this down there's a scene where Danny and Wendy are playing outside and Jack Nicholson <laughs> oh yes. when he's yeah. throwing that the, was um, Jack Nicholson's been throwing the ball against the wall he's got like writer's block or whatever right yeah. he can't yeah. write as great American or he's novel. a psycho yes yes both <laughs> um, as we know because he, he's, he's clearly torn his arms his kid's arm out of the side. Yeah. Uh, but he's throwing the ball against the wall he's got like writer's block but then all of a sudden this scene Danny and Wendy are running around playing outside and Jack Nicholson is seemingly staring at them through the wall? Yeah, that was uh, the on the, yeah, the title card was... that came up was Thursday. 
And um, I remember seeing that because we were just like, I was watching it with Evan here, um, and it, it was oh god damn dude Jack I, is fucking scary. I didn't sometimes. know it was through the wall though. I thought he was. I, I thought he was, was through, the, through window. the window. Okay, it is. Uh, so that's what you suspected. But, I just thought that like I didn't even think that he could see them. I just felt like like it was like you saw him running and then you saw Jack staring and you're yeah. like I guess he's staring at them. I wasn't well, sure. In either case though, he's just fucking staring. You hear that high pitched whine? Yeah, go, and he yeah, has. Exactly. A connection with the hotel at that because before that i feel like he knows he, what they're doing and he might not be able to see them yeah like well, the hotel is telling him okay. and right. that's the first time in the entire movie you hear that ear ringing and danny's not present Ooh, i like that so does Note jack to. begin to well yeah because before that hotel's shiny because before that he doesn't see or interact with the hotel at all no, you know he just starts. He has those violent outbursts and shit like that. Which He's you, annoyed at Wendy, yeah. which you see, you know, in the car. You see in the beginning. And by the way, in the interview, I thought a little. Just I don't know. Maybe I'm making mountains out of molehills. But during the interview, the back of his hair, like he's like very well groomed and stuff, but the back of his hair on his left side is just a little bit puffed out like a crazy person. And I'm like, <laughs> is that is that to be like he's crazy beneath it all? Um, but yeah, you're right, dude. I, like I never, I never, choice. I never, I never, well done, hairdresser. Um, yeah, that's like an audio cue yeah. that maybe he's he is starting with the hotel, starting to like gain the shining of this. Well, and then I, I could be remembering it wrong, but he's, but he's having a conversation with the hotel. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, we're all on agreement with that. Right? I think so. Yeah, it's clear yeah. that he's talking with the hotel. L- later on. I could be remembering it wrong, but when Shelley Duvall, uh, Wendy, is running around, flailing her arms with a knife in her hand without a care in the world, um, and she starts to see shit with the hotel. Her ears are ringing. Her ears are ringing and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Which, um, which makes no sense because I don't understand how she got it, how she well, associated the shining. She had, she'd been the only yeah. straight-laced person through the whole movie. Well, I think it's just the hotel shine, to shining to her, after, maybe. After, just reaching out to her, for after, lack of better words. After Jack finally embraces craziness and attacks them, she's like, okay, I see it too. Well, it's just it wants all of them. Well, I mean, if you look at the book, if you look at the book, what happens is the shine, the hotel wants Danny. It wants the family to stay there. It wants all of them. It doesn't want just one of them. Which is not communicated in the movie. It's not communicated in the movie at all. Because the the book really focuses on Danny and Danny's ability to communicate with The Shining. And the movie, I feel like, is more about the the degradation of sanity of Jack Nicholson. It's like a different main character. In In the book... Are the except I've never read the book. Are they uh, the ghosts or whatever or the hotel? Are they trying to take over Danny and like take his soul? The, the hotel so is kind of what alive I've... in the book. Okay. Like the, the, there's no hedge maze. It's hedge animals. Like Edward Scissorhands sculpted the the Topiary. landscape. Yeah. yeah, and they come alive, and the hotel comes alive, and it's a much more of a like a like a house on haunted hill. Like yeah, the house is alive. And it is trying to consume Danny most of all, but it will kill anybody. Because because he has the shine. Yeah, he has yeah. Gift. Like he knows. Like there's no question about whether or not Jack Nicholson gets the shining. Yeah. In the book, what I what I've like read and and heard around or whatever um, is that like the in the like you're saying in the movie it's more centered around Jack and and yeah. his like his descent into madness kind of thing. And then in the book it's more about Danny and his you know like the hotel is. Well, talking the ghosts him. or the hotel yeah. or whatever is trying to is trying to take him over and they use they use jack 
as a, like a vessel essentially to kill Danny so they can take him over and uh, yeah. consume yeah. his, much, his energy and his power. It's much more like of a supernatural story yeah. in the book. As you'd expect with Stephen King, right? Yeah. But I mean, we watch the movie and you watch the movie and it's not supernatural at all except right. except the one part where Jack is somehow let out of the food locker. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, well, That's he's the only supernatural. No, moment. I would argue though that when Shelley's running around, Shelley Duvall and and she starts seeing shit because before that it's like well, okay even, is I mean, all of this in Jack's that, head even before that when Danny's Jack when Jack's in room two thirty seven and he sees like the he, naked he's chick but and he's the, making out with a naked chick who and, becomes a dead old person yeah and that and it's 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 true but one she, could she argue one could, <laughs> Michael Bay <laughs> one one could argue that that's in his head yeah but, yeah, but yeah. the thing is when she's running around that, that she hasn't heard fever, right? she hasn't heard any of this from Danny or from Jack and she's running around she sees the blood in the elevator she sees no the, she uh, she heard about the invisible lady she heard Danny, about right? the invisible well she yeah, heard but about she didn't a crazy see that lady. when she was running around no. she's running around yeah, all she sees the blood from the elevator well, well, what Danny told her was that there was a crazy lady there. She he didn't say it was some invisible lady or something like that. Yeah. At least she says it he, was crazy. Danny, she Danny says, believed it, and she says that there's a there's a crazy there's another person in the hotel, and that based off Danny's story, she, right? And yeah. she tried to, to strangle Danny. And um, but yeah, when she she's running around, she sees the blood. She sees um, you know the 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 skeletons. She sees all that. Oh yeah. So either. The shine is getting to her in her mind, and it's projecting the same exact thing. Or you know, the hotel's actually fucking haunted, um, or, which I love well, how they leave that open in the beginning by they're saying like, "Okay, so this murder suicide happened here. Also, it was built on an Indian, Indian burial, burial ground. ground. Yeah, they were throwing every horror stereotype you can get in. Oh, they yeah. said they said yeah, that at the very beginning. Oh, I don't, when they, they they say, I don't remember okay, that. So it's like it's set up as <laughs> the Donner Party, right? Seclusion in the the mountains, cabin in the woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there's the guy directly says, "Oh, somebody killed somebody of cabin fever." Mm-hmm. And then he says, this hotel was built on an Indian burial ground in 1907. And they also cool. killed some Indians. Wi- yeah, Wendy is a horror movie buff and yeah. loves all horror oh. movies. And Jack recites the Three Little Pigs nursery rhyme. Like, they try to reference so many yeah. horrific stories. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. I thought it was cool when they said... Um, where he's like, oh, my my wife loves ghost stories and she's obsessed with, or she's addicted to horror movies because I'm like, this is the best first movie we could have picked. Yay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but please, someone write to us because I do not remember. Is in the book? Do they say that the hotel's built on an Indian burial ground? Because can't if, recall. If if they do, if Stephen King writes that in the book, he's a fucking reuser of his own stories. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Come on, Stephen. <laughs> Indian burial ground cannot be the disposition for every every Stephen King tale. Um, speaking of the book and some differences, Evan had a question for me earlier. He said something he didn't understand, and you kind of mentioned it too. But you've read the book, um, the the dog and the man. There's a man in a dog costume where Shelley's running around, and oh, she runs yeah. a, a, like over to this doorway that's open in it a room. It is the best. The, like the most humorous scene in the movie. To me. It is because it's the most random with no fucking explanation. No, it, that's the first time she has the shining or she's seen. Yeah. Well, that's not beyond. No, that's, it's that's after be, she sees the blood. She in the sees elevator. the blood in the elevator. Yeah. No, it's not. It's before that. Uh, I think she sees the dog first, then the blood in the elevator, then the dude who cuts his head guys, off. But I can't it's say not, blood in the elevator without thinking blood in the elevator. That is a brilliant. That's a brilliant like YouTube video waiting to take off. But if you think about it, the first time that she has like the shining, she mm. sees 
that happening? And it makes no sense. I don't understand. Yeah. That's the one question I felt was unanswered was, why does she start to see these things? And we call them ghosts, but it could be like Dick Halloran mentioned in the beginning. It's just the past. You're seeing yeah. the past. What has happened? Play, like play All that back. stuff could have happened, right? And in fact, it did happen. Yeah. We know that the lady died because she was murdered by her husband. The, yeah. two, the two twins died. So it's it it's like it is ghosts, but it's it's stuff that happened in the hotel, right? They're just seeing it, yeah. Because they start, I think, because they have. The I think it's a mix. And so people like, with the shining can see the past and yeah. also the future, right? Because Danny sees the future. Exactly. Well, I mean, like um, you know, with, Wait, you're talking with, about the dog. You're with going with ghosts, the dog. Yeah. real quick. With ghost theories, people will be like, "Oh, you could is either residual or intelligent. You can either interact with it, or it's just kind of playing back." And I think this has a mix of both. If you're going to go the route of this place being haunted. You know, it's playing the past, but also there's the shit where yeah, like, it's like the, a, the, the a track or something playing over and over. Exactly, and then there's the there's naked, a lot of dogs dead lady. blowing Ronald Reagan. Yeah, so there was a dog blowing Ronald Reagan in this. <laughs> uh, spoilers, if you couldn't tell, half hour into this Wait, podcast, is it a dog or is it a rabbit? I, I, no, I think. See, I. There was a, a dog man or was a, it like a, a costume? Was it like a, the costume is question. So there's a man in a costume. Basically, she's running around. There's an open doorway. And you see what looks to she's, be... She's running around with her dildo knife. With her dildo knife. Just <laughs> flailing, flailing around. In her frock. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That frock. Her frocks. Frock her. What's a frock? Uh, it's, it's like a, a turtleneck yeah. dress. Oh, that's the worst thing ever. I've yeah. ever heard. And she has a cardigan over it. Yeah, dumb. And um, she has like long johns on with <laughs> boots. Well, so much going well, on. Well, she's running around. It looks like there's um, someone wearing long johns with the back trap door open, so you can see their exposed buttocks. Yeah, so it's like air. a, it's like a, like an old timey, like, 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 like sleep time. Yeah, yeah, like pajamas with like where the butt little butt flap ha- uh, opens up. Yeah, and um, she 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 sees someone's like butt like that, like if someone's bent over, and then she sees the person sit up, and they're wearing a full on. Dog or bear or rabbit costume. What, what did you think it was? Dog bear. It's rabbit? either a dog or a bear. I, think. I it's a. Okay. I mean, I have to say it's a dog. Um, so weird. But it, it's a very weird looking dog. And then, like, he sits up and looks over at her. He's wearing a fucking mask. But too. Then, and, then that guy, and then another guy sits up as if the dog was giving the person a b a, 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 a blajay. Yeah. <laughs> Can we say about the guy who sits up? He looks like Ronald Reagan, but not Ronald Reagan, the president. Ronald Reagan, the mask from Point Break. Ah, oh, yes. He sits up and then he um, he like looks at the camera and he kind of just smiles like creepily. That that see that's that scene. The yeah, movie yeah. is so like and I saw it in a different light. Like I was like, oh, my God, this movie is like it's really concise. And like all the thoughts are like all one thought playing out. Until this moment, because I'm like, how, wait, wait, wait a minute. When did Wendy start seeing these ghosts or the, the past? When did she get the Shining? Why is there a dog blowing Ronald Reagan? <laughs> I think I think <laughs> it's so crazy. I think all of she's a she's just seeing Hotel for what it is, and that it's like all this dark stuff. And then I think maybe that is just like another like image that the hotel is projecting on her. That you know, like 
like she i don't know she's just she, seeing she's starting to experience what has happened there yeah but like, why does she see the weirdest I thing don't, i don't <laughs> know man a dude murdering know. his family i would be read that in the paper like oh man that sucks that's but fucking a, crazy a guy in a dog costume blows ronald reagan i would be like what the fuck is going <laughs> on it's a it's banana cuckoos it's but, the headline see, on the fucking think, town newspaper I think, man, man in dog costume blows why ronald does she reagan. see the weirdest thing you can imagine maybe she was seeing like the darkest stuff that happened in that hotel yeah, that's definitely the darkest well okay yeah, guys so, that's gotta be dark but then like the next guy she sees where the guy is like sitting there and he's like what a party huh and he's, and he's got like his, his his like yeah. skull is bleeding kind of so, like like i that looked like either the dude that the dog thing was like blowing mm-hmm. or it looked like grady to me i couldn't tell I, I felt like it was closer to grady yeah it definitely yeah. wasn't the ronald reagan mask no, the ronald wasn't. reagan mask had a lot of hair yeah okay. that guy was okay. bald. Yeah. um so but he was wearing the same attire so this because like everybody black, came from that 1920s ballroom dance and black, got into the july weird 4th, frisky stuff july 4th uh, ballroom party. yeah so the july 4th ballroom party happened everything you could po- possibly not imagine happened in that hotel room, and now they're just seeing it. Because so, I could never imagine a dog blowing Ronald Reagan. <laughs> real a guy quick. in a dog costume blowing Ronald Reagan. So real quick. Either or. Um, you're mentioning a lot about this dark times, the dark past. I'm going to shed some light on that. So in the book, um, it's explained in a lot more detail. Danny sees um, a man in a dog costume being held by uh, on a leash by really? a dude in a suit. Did yeah. you read the the book yesterday? Your knowledge is spot on. No, I I actually didn't read it. I was lazy, so I did an audio book. Yeah, that's but, reading it with your um, with your with my ears. ears. Yeah. Uh, but I did that like um I don't know, a few months ago or whatever. And um, go on, go on it, about it. Um, Danny sees a man holding a man in a dog suit on a leash, and the dude's totally acting like a dog, like you know, barking at him and stuff like that. He sees him while he's riding around on his big wheel and Where? shit. Oh, this is a vision that Danny sees. It's, in a, it's a vision. Oh, so yeah. Danny, Dan, uh, Wendy's not the only person who sees the dog costume man. Danny in, also sees it in suit? in the book, at least. Um, so I don't know if it happens in the movie. So, and then so I don't know if this is a classic case of book to movie, but in the movie, that's fucking random. Yeah. No, so Where, wait, when when in the story does Danny see that though? In the book, like early on. At, you know what? At some point, he just see, he sees him, and then later on, he see like they they explain like the the dog costume dude blowing Ronald Reagan as well. Like he basically the it, it's some weird like perverted like oh we go here and we party hard sort of thing, and that's where um in the beginning where they talked about it being secluded, and um I, I forgot what they said the exact words, but it was um the hotel is um. The site was chosen for its seclusion and its scenic beauty. So I, I kind of latched onto that because of the book, because I know all the other shit that happened in the book. It seemed like it was one of those places that was like anything goes, but like for rich people, like you could just kind of go there and do whatever, just be like, wow. Wait, so like you, you think it was like a, uh, what do they call it? I think like, it was like a, like a swingers club. Type yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think people just went there who had a lot of money and it was like, you have a lot of money. You can do whatever the fuck you want here. If you want to get blown by another dude Wait, in a dog costume, you can do that wearing let's, a let's point break Ron Ray mask. <laughs> that's definitely a point. Yeah. Let's jump back, though, to the interview scene. Yeah. I feel like this is a really key scene. Yeah, yeah. But let me point out something that I was just out of my mind not so about when this dude said this. He said that the hotel built in 1907 was built purposely on a jet set. 
mm-hmm. before they knew what a jet set was. The guy says that. He says before they even knew what a jet set was. I was like, 1907? Okay. How did they build a hotel on a jet set? And how did a hotel so remote get built on a jet set? Mm. So what's a jet set? Like the path of an airplane so that an airplane oh, could land. Yeah. And he, he goes on to say it was built on a jet set so that... Uh, like even presidents stayed in this the West yeah. Wing, and they made more of a point of that in the book. In the book, they talk oh, about which presidents stayed there and like royalty and shit like that. And there was more murder in, in the book. They really play up more of the dark history as well. There was let's, more let's murders that happened. Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff. But yeah. let's be honest, the guys who built this hotel are are entrepreneurs. Yes, because they not only do they build the hotel on they an burial ground, <laughs> but they also built it on a jet set. Before in they knew in an area where they there were no roads, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That you can only live five months out of the year. But it's scenically beautiful without snow because no one's ever seen it because they can't get there. Because <laughs> they can't get there during the Incredible snow. Incredible choice, guys. Oh, yeah. Some real fucking winners there, definitely. Um, but being that we're, we spent so much time on the Ronald Reagan dog blowjob yeah, scene. let's Too let's, much dog blowing. We got to edit some. There's, there's, that wasn't the only random and or kind of funny part. Now, as much as I, I like, I love this movie, and uh, it, it was scary. It, held, it has a lot of really good shit in there. Um, but since we're kind of riding this wave of a little bit of comedicness, let's talk about some of the more random kind of, I guess, le- less than scary parts and shit like that. Do you guys, did you get, did you guys notice any of that shit, or was I the only one? Less than scary. Let's talk about Danny sweaters. Oh, Danny he has the best sweater collection yes. of anyone. Oh, you mean like <laughs> like like Mickey Mouse punting a football? Yeah, punting <laughs> yeah, a football. Yeah, not throwing a football, <laughs> not catching one. He is punting it to the heavens. Oh yeah, and it and, is old school Mickey Mouse. And, too. and oh, that yeah. is and that is continued on with his next sweater, the heavens, being his Apollo eleven. Apollo eleven, which I'm not a history buff, but I think crashed. Was it right? Apollo 11 or did it just I say Apollo? I don't know. It said, it said Apollo, Apollo 11. It said Apollo 11. Which oh, I believe okay. crashed. <laughs> oh, man. And was, it, has, was, it, was I, Apollo 11 the one that went to the moon first? It, I think it attempted to and it did not make it. But don't quote me on that. I think it crashed. If we're wrong, no, hit Apollo, us up at Apollo, Eyes on the Dark Podcast like, at gmail.com. 15 or something like that was the first one. Because Apollo no. 13 failed, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Somebody write to us. There's a sad movie about S- Apollo 13 send, with Tom Hanks. Send yeah. a letter to Evan's address, which is. Hill Avenue, correcting oh. our NASA history. Oh man, I gave them the email so you wouldn't have to. <laughs> now they can send them bombs. But that, anyways, back to Danny sweaters. He's got a great Christmas sweater that he pulls out. Yes. A NASA rocket, which is clearly hand sewn. Yes, oh, and dude. Mickey Mouse punting a football. And speaking of the that, choice, I found that co- comedic by far. Guys, please get me one of those for Christmas. That's what I want. One of each. One of each. No, well, there's three of us, so we could each have one, and we could trade, and it'll, it'll be, be good. Christmas it'll be a grand old time. Group, yeah. <laughs> we Honestly, could, I felt like that that and just the, the decision to build a hotel where it was was yeah. the, the most unbelievable thing. We can decorate do. this place like the gold room. It'll yeah. be great. And the dog blowing the president. Yeah, of course. We'll get someone to dress up like a dog, and someone will dress oh, up like If we're still on comedic elements, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this off and let me know what you guys think. So it's a very serious scene when Jack is looking for Danny after Jack goes nuts and axes down the door, and then he, uh, spoiler alert, axes Dick Halloran in the chest. Oh yeah, which is yeah. the Great best scene. 
kill of the movie and only the kill. So, or the only kill, right? <laughs> so, yes, it, it is. It is. Technically, um, it's the only kill. kill. Technically, yeah. yeah. Now, and that, he puts that axe all the way through his oh, oh, deep, yeah. One dude. shot, and it kills him. Oh, yeah. Right in the fucking heart. Straight <laughs> through the heart. <laughs> and you... <laughs> And then, sorry, the best part of that scene is when he he jumps out of the the darkness and she goes, <laughs> yeah, he has a man's <laughs> because of the power that he puts into that to drive the axe through his entire chest. But then right after that, I was like, oh fuck, that just happened. But then right after that, he hears Danny scream, right? Because Danny knows yeah. Halloran that, dies because of the shine. Right, that's right, the right. Only time that Danny screams during the when he's seeing all the horrific shit in his mind, he makes a screaming face. They're like, and he passes out. Well, and he passes they, out, but he doesn't to be scream. Fair, though, in the movie, yeah, they do they do play a scream sound, but it's do almost that? as if like nobody else can hear it. Yeah, it's internal. Oh, yeah, okay. it's yeah. internal. Okay. But then he finally screams externally, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Jack. Like, or oh. or does he or does he just do the same thing and Jack picks up on it because of the shining? Maybe. My mom. Oh, fuck. My, that ties into the theory. Jack finally has the shining <laughs> given to him by the hotel yeah. and can now hear Danny's thoughts. Oh shit. Because right after that, what he goes down die. the hallway and he he sees Danny crawl out of the little little. Yeah. Because he goes looking for Danny. Danny stupidly crawls out of the stainless steel kitchen appliance. Okay, now, First of all, before, that whole before, scene is yes. just like Jurassic Park. By That's the way. what I was going to say. It inspired <laughs> Jurassic Park. It is. Jack Jurassic Torrance Park. is, a, veloc- uh, is yes. a velociraptor. Yes, he okay. hides in the same place. <laughs> and he, he limps around. The only thing he doesn't do is is, is make a noise uh, make with a little spoon. Little tap, but tap, he tap. screamed. But he has the axe. But he screamed. Jack has the axe that's dragging on the floor. Sure. Like the little talon of the... It's Jurassic Park. And Steven Spielberg, who directed Jurassic Park, who came to prominence in the 70s, would know exactly what happened in The Shining. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm so... In a world... Can we live in a world? Can we live in a world in which we can directly relate Jurassic Park being inspired by that one scene Guys, in fucking The Shining. Tune in. Jurassic Park <laughs> is The Shining. Hell yeah, dude. Oh I'm glad God. that all three of us had that same vision. Yeah, we, I'm sitting there. As soon as he Park. crawls into the freaking cupboard like, or the Jurassic little Park. cabinet and he's, he's trying to shut the little thing. Just it's, like the boy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the he metal, can't shut it. The metal counter. Yeah. And he oh, runs out so at the most good. inopportune time. Oh, yeah. Exactly what happens in Jurassic Park. Yes. Oh, look, the Velociraptor's looking at me. <laughs> Guys. Oh, man. I loved when Jack gets locked in the freezer and for whatever it's reason not a freezer. in in the free well, oh, the food pantry. In the food, food pantry. pantry. It's exactly like a freezer okay. without the cold. Well it, I guess in the book he's in the <laughs> freezer, I guess, or something like that. Anyways, but I like where he gets locked in the food pantry and then Jack um you know he's going crazy and he's just like ha, let me out, Wendy, let me out and shit like that. And then later she doesn't let him out. She locks it. She leaves. Later, we come back to Jack, and he's just, like, sleeping on a pile of, like, uh, bags of salt, and he's got his, like, Oreos, Oreos. and peanut butter yeah. and, like, peanuts there, and he's just like, well, nothing to do except just eat my fat ass to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, that's that's he goes exactly into a food what I would coma. Yeah. yeah, that's that, exactly what I would do. But I, I understand how that's funny, but I also think that scene is really creepy. Yes. Because they shoot the when he's yelling at Wendy when she first locks him in there. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell, the cameraman at one point is between Jack Nicholson's legs, shooting directly up at his face. Right. Yeah. So it's, he's like upside down, yeah, kind of, which is com- from like under the chin and shit. Yeah, yeah. Which is completely opposite of what the horror stereotype is. Normally, like they're lit from the top, so they have this really shadowy face, and you can't see the figure, and it's shot from like either either slightly up above or eye level, 
and where you you feel like the person is very tall. Yeah. And in this this shot, which I I was creeped out because it's Jack Nicholson doing his creepiest <laughs> acting. Oh yeah. It's shot between his legs. He's looking down. His face is very well lit, and you can see like this like grizzly, like nasty sweaty face he's like got at stubble you. he's and got he looks, like drool coming yeah, out and he looks shit. so close to you and so small and in your face mm -hmm. that it was like the complete opposite of what you typically see yeah. with like a michael myers or a, a typical horror movie or a typical horror yeah. shot i should say in a yeah. horror movie and you see that and i was just like this is creepy well i i yeah. I, I think like that's part of what made it scary for me because you know you you have stuff where there's like okay there's a lady who's been dead forever. There's twins that we haven't even fucking talked about. The twins, dude. But um, the axe murder twins. You know, there's like dead people all over this fucking place and and shit like that. But to me, what was scary? The scariest part was just Jack. I think because the way he portrays uh, Jack Torrance is um, it's so fucking within reach. It's so like you, that's someone you could know. Maybe it's because like. I'm not gonna lie. I mentioned to Evan when we were watching this movie. I'm like, a lot this like Jack Nicholson in this movie reminds me of my dad when we were growing up. When I was growing up, like when me and my brother were growing up, the way he would just like go off like for no fucking reason and shit like that, like reminded me of that. So I'm like, maybe that's where the terror comes from in my case. But um, yeah, dude. I for me it wasn't. It, what was awesome is they didn't rely on any huge, fantastic, like, gotcha moments. No, It none. was more of just... It was Jack Nicholson. The reality of it. The being, built. yeah, this is scary, deteriorating freak. Yeah. Absolutely, Losing. dude. Yeah. So, with that, uh, I feel like you had something to say, Evan. It looks like you're trying to say something. No? All no, right, cool. No. You're just... I, I mean, I would just agree with, like, the, the fact that it's there's no, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, no jump out, like, pop in your face scare you moments like it's it's all it's a build i mean jack nicholson jack nicholson essentially starts as a normal dude and then slowly and slowly just becomes crazier and crazier he's angry but then he's like seeing things and then he's interacting with things and and then he you know ultimately just snaps and the things that he's interacting with or ghosts or whatever you want to call them um you know convince him that it's he needs to kill his family. And yeah. it's just like, like James said at the beginning, he may have kind of resented his family already in some way or another. Yeah, I got that feeling. Yeah. And then, and then this kind of just pushed him more to act on those impulses. And, and like, so, like the Butler even says, right. He's like, you need to straighten out your wife and, yeah. and put her in line. Correct her. To yeah. Correct her. My daughter is needed butt. to be corrected what? for for no reason. Having a British family like in yeah. Colorado, because th little one girls thing I, were British. One thing I read about about this this movie was, and then I thought it was kind of interesting was, anytime Jack interacted with a ghost or a you know whatever a a, a vision from the hotel or whatever you want to call it, um, there's always a mirror involved. Ooh, okay. Good segue. Elabor elaborate on that. So, like, every time that he interacts with, you know, like, the bartender, there's a mirror behind the bartender. Yeah, yeah. When there was the woman in the ba in the bathroom in the, uh, the room 237, there's, there. there's, a, there's a mirror there. There's mm -hmm. So, it's it's almost like, like, are these actual manifestations of the, the hotel or the ghosts? Or are they, like, is he essentially just 
crazy and he is mm. seeing these things in the mirror because he's just a psycho now Brilliant. something i mean it, it doesn't involve a, a manifestation of, of sorts but when uh, when danny is going to get his fire truck and then he sees danny he's like come here danny come here a minute and he does his eyebrows and shit um and danny comes over he's sitting there there's this mirror like there the whole time that for whatever reason like nothing happened he's just talking to danny uh, something made me just feel really weird about that scene, having that mirror in I'm the background. I'm glad you brought that up, too. I think I'd like to dive into this. I've oh, got a okay. little breakdown on that exact scene you just painted. Cool. So this is actually um, the part of the show where at some point during each episode, we're going to do... Um, this is a horror movie podcast. We love blood and guts. So we're going to fucking dissect the shit out of this motherfucking movie. Slice and dice. Slice <laughs> Nice. That's a scream quote, guys. Uh, or it could be a uh, Dark Knight Returns quote. Slice and dice. If you're a comic book person. Ooh, nice. Uh, you know, anyways, um, our, our own doctor here will be uh, performing the, um, the incisions. Uh, d- yeah. uh, doctor. <laughs> doctor. So go, please, Dr. I, Jurassic I have, Price. I do, I do have a scene dissection, if I may All right. use that snobby term. Yes. So the scene that Chu has just brought up. Uh, where uh, it's early early on in uh, Jack's Descent to Madness. It's like when, the second act of the movie or some shit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely say the beginning of the second act when Danny's hanging out with his mom, they're watching TV, which I think is a horror movie. Again, write to us. Eyes on the Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Is it yes. is it the is the movie called Summer of Forty Two? No idea. Maybe it is. <sighs> All right. And uh, is that a horror movie? Is it, I don't is, know. it is it a scary movie? I don't know. Um, they're watching a movie, and Danny's like, can I please go get my fire truck? And it sets up the scene where he goes in to where his dad is supposed to be sleeping uh, after a long night of writing and throwing the ball against the wall. Wall-balling. <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny, Danny's going to sneak in and retrieve his fire truck, right? So Danny sneaks into the room. He, uh, Jack Nicholson is not asleep. In fact, yeah. he's almost like an wide insomniac. Awake. He's wide awake. He looks at Danny, and there's Wh- that moment. Which, right. I, sorry, real quick, I think is one of the creepiest parts of the movie when he sneaks in expecting his Hell dad to yeah. be asleep and he walks in and looks over and his dad's just sitting straight up Staring looking out the window, window like into nothing. That's yeah. so creepy. Yeah, <sighs> and then, the, so we, we're treated to this. It's at 53 minutes and 35 seconds if you'd like to pause your Shining DVD. <laughs> there you go. Um, Danny asks Jack if he, uh, if he can go and get his fire truck. He asks his mom that, then he asks Jack. And Jack says, come here a minute. And then we get this, like, you get positive at this moment. You get this still frame of Jack Nicholson. He's facing Danny, right? His back's turned to us, and he's in the foreground. Then you have Danny in the, the far background, right, looking at Jack. We can see Danny's face. And like Chu said, there's a mirror just off, off in between the two, right? So you can't see Jack's face, but I, I uh, implore you to watch his face right before the shot when you get a close-up of his, of his face. And he's, he looks tired, and he's yeah. kind of frowning. And he's got this creepy look on his face. And right after this this scene, too, he has the same look on his face. But then, when you can't see Jack's face, he's turned away. You see Danny. If you look in the mirror, Jack Nicholson is smiling. Like a creepy Jack Nicholson in the Batman Joker smile. Oh, fuck. And it blows Whoa. my mind. The mise-en-scene, if I may use that snobby term. What the f- okay, what which, the fuck does that French-ass word mean? That French word is a, is a <laughs> saying for... It, I think it literally means uh, put on stage. Okay. Uh, but it means everything the camera sees. That's what those fancy film critics say. Mise-en-scene mm. is everything the camera can see, everything that's in the frame. 
But the way that it's staged, Jack Nicholson back towards us. Danny's looking at Jack Nicholson, but we see the mirror. Yeah, yeah. And this mirror theme that that uh, Evan and and Chewie jo- both brought up, and he's smiling. And the, but the scene or the shot right before that and right after is him frowning. Okay. Kind of foreshadows that Danny sees his dad as as he is this frowning yeah. kind of can't sleep worn out man but yeah. in the mirror the viewer sees that he is smiling and that he is somewhat descending into madness oh, already yep. so that danny doesn't know that he's descending into madness which leads to jack hunting him with an axe right what, what's the the time on that one again uh my dvd is about 53 minutes about 30 seconds 35 minutes. seconds and you see this and it's such a perfect uh, example of, of Kubrick framing the viewer knows that Jack has gone loony yeah. because he's got this creepy smile on his face. But Danny doesn't know because he sees his dad with this frown and this yeah, yeah. worn out look. And it's amazing. And it only lasts for a couple seconds. But not only does it set up that, but it also sets up the mirror theme that... that um, you and Evan were talking about where this duality of Jack is, has schizophrenia going on <sighs> so that good, we don't man. know about. I didn't pick up on that uh, except for that one scene. So Evan, thank you for pointing out to us and James, yeah. fucking and amazing. And I didn't notice the bar scene that that there's the mirror, yeah. which makes sense because he's seeing an alternate reality, right? Because we yep. have already established the booze isn't there, the yeah, brother's yeah, not yeah. there. It's like he's viewing into this alternate reality, which you see again. When Danny writes red rum on the door, because he writes yep. red rum and yeah, you have no idea what he mirror. says until his dad looks, or his mom looks in the same mirror yeah. of that scene God. and sees murder. Yep. Fuck. And, and also, like, okay, when, when Jack's in the food pantry and then Grady's talking to him and, quote, unquote, lets him out. And there's some controversy. Some people say, oh, well, you know, um, Wendy lets him out. Or, you know, they're like, Grady lets him out and it's supernatural or whatever. So, whatever. But um, he doesn't see anything. He hears shit, but he doesn't see anything. Yeah. You know, so that's that's pretty interesting. I don't, there's no like, I don't think that he. I don't think all the supernatural things that he sees or experiences is necessarily like like oh he, you know he's just crazy and he doesn't really see ghosts. It's just in his imagination. I think that there is something supernatural there. But I think it's that, the shining, right? Right. <laughs> it's the hotel community. So the whole like the the pantry thing where like yeah, he yeah. gets let out. I think that the only thing that you can explain is that it's the hotel letting him out. So or it's you know I mean maybe Wendy doesn't lock it right or, or and, uh, doesn't lock yeah, it or something. But they show her locking it. There is a close up. Yeah, there is yeah. a close up of her shutting it. And right. I made so, sure that it locked. Yeah. You you have to kind of assume that it is something supernatural. So here's a question with that observation that the supernatural does exist in this world. Um, can we can we just explain yeah. the supernatural as the shining? Because that's yeah, okay. exactly what they refer to it, right? The shining. The shining. Yeah. So the shining itself, um, I mean, we have the twins. We have the old bathtub lady. We have Lloyd. We have Grady. What do you make of all those characters? Um, I, I, I want to start by talking about the lady in the tub because before that, I was just like, oh, some crazy, creepy lady in the tub. Um, yeah, like they made a big deal out of like the whole, you know, oh, something bad happened in room 237. Yeah. And like, and then, you know, uh, uh, Dick was kind of just like, oh, that, you he know, just like, didn't he knew there's something like, bad that happened there. there. So, like, I want to know what exactly happened there. 
like did this lady just die and she rotted in a tub? That's why she had sores all over her body. Or I mean, that's I, I feel like she was the one that got murdered by her husband, and it doesn't say exactly like, how like he Grady. Uh, yeah, yeah, great in the 1970s Grady, not the Butler Grady, right. who we've oh, established yeah, has a different first two name. Two different Gradys, yeah. Yeah, but the 1970s Grady who killed his wife and his two kids, I would assume the two kids are their daughters, right? And yeah. his wife would be the crazy bathtub lady. Now, okay. with, but how did she deteriorate in the skin? Did he drown her? I don't know. With that, um, I did kind of want to talk about her because before this, I've seen this movie and I'm like, oh, there's some weird corpse lady i don't want to watch this part it's weird just going <laughs> yeah <laughs> jack nicholson is full-on tonguing her oh, oh yeah so so much tonguing. tongue deep in a corpse <laughs> tongue down oh, god i feel like it's a metal album he, he's like rubbing <laughs> where her skin has been chopped <laughs> off or, <laughs> just just deteriorating and just so ugh. i feel like that lady represents the hotel and the hotel is like uh, it, it's it's trying to get its for lack of better words, it's hooking you. Because, you know, she comes out of the tub, she opens it, and, you know, she's naked. She's, like, you know, just some, you know, fit lady. And she looks like, you know, if you were to walk into a room and, you know, you were, like, in this world and you were, like, not, you know, happy with Shelley Duvall because she has giant teeth and giant red ears and, and shit. And annoys the shit out of you. Like, and he you says, already get the fuck her. out of here. I want to write. Yeah. <laughs> so... The thing about that is, you know, he, she, the, the, the lady in the tub, she just opens, she gets, she comes out, you know, she's in shape. She's all like, oh, she doesn't say anything. She just approaches him, grabs him, and they start making out. And then later, while, while he's tongue deep in her, like you mentioned, Evan, that's when she turns into this, like, uh, this fucking corpse, uh, as it were, and, and all that stuff. So I feel Which, like that's... again, he notices in the mirror... When he oh, looks up fuck. and he looks in the mirror, he sees her body is oh decayed. Oh my god! You're blowing my mind, oh. dude. You're blowing my mind. There, like my... I don't. I don't. I think it's, that it's that, like two parts of your mind. Oh, yeah. I think that that whole scene is the hotel revealing itself as it is to him. Exactly. That's that's what I took from it. Is you know, it's got that lure. Like, come on, come closer, come I'm, closer. And then eventually, when it has that, when that seduction is complete, because when that when the hotel has seduced Jack, it then says. This is what you have been seduced by. This is what I actually See, am. I was slightly. You want to. You want to finish that? Because well, I, I just earlier. I just mean like like because it, it's not like it seduces him and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm into this. I'm gonna kill my family. Like he's freaked out. He doesn't know what to well, do. Well, he even has that so nightmare before. Yeah, and then he leaves and he tells you know his wife. He's like he's like nothing nothing was up there. Nothing was up there because he's trying to hide it because he doesn't want yeah. her to know that like he saw something because he doesn't want her to know that he's crazy. Yeah. The shiny um, or the hotel is communicating like it's shining through Jack somehow. Yeah, it's now linked well, telepathically and, and it's communicating these and ideas. That's that nightmare I was talking about where he has that nightmare where he's like, "I killed you." He and knows I exactly Danny. that he's going to try to kill his family. Like yeah, and I, chopped, think that'd be a clue. I chopped you up into bits. I chopped you pieces. up into bits and but shit like that. I was I was convinced that that the hotel directly told him that it was like seducing him or coercing yeah. him yeah. or like. Entering this, like it was basically giving him the shining because before I don't think he had it. Um, when he's sitting at the bar with Lloyd, I think it's the second time when the party's actually going on, yeah. And Lloyd gives him the drink and he actually has money because the yeah. first time he doesn't have money, yeah, his wallet's empty, yeah. And the second time he has money, he tries to pay Lloyd, and Lloyd says, No, it's it's 
uh, your money's your no money's good here. Your money's no yeah. good here. And then it's Jack's orders like, orders from the house. What? And he's like, orders from the house. And he's like, I'd like to pay for my drinks. And he says, no, this is on the house. I took that literally. And he like, says, and the he, hotel is giving him a drink. Yeah. And then he says, and then Jack says, I'm the kind of guy who likes to know who's giving him free drinks. And he says, the house. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's. He says, the houses. And I was like, okay, it is directly telling him that I'm uh, going to take you over, bro. Dude, yeah. There's so many weird fucking great scenes with that. I mean, I did you like guys... The big question is the, the shining here because yeah. obviously Danny has it. Well, okay. But I think, I, I still think, I still think that it's the the hotel and the spirits or whatever you want to call it, the shining is, is luring him in to essentially kill his family like yeah, like yeah. they do like they oh, try yeah. to, to to get him to do anyways absolutely um and in just that like any kind of i don't know supernatural story you hear like where there's like evil spirit or or whatever you want to call it they want to take over that that person or that like like that if, if there's something evil there they're, they're not gonna be like oh yeah you can stay here and just do whatever you want like yeah. they're like, I want to take you over, and you're there's, gonna be a part of this reason. place. Yeah. Cool. So Dra- Jack gets his drinks on the house, literally on the house, yeah, which is something I that I wish that would happen more often for me. I just go somewhere they're like drinks on the house, and be like, who the fuck cares who's buying them? I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't literally, literally the establishment. <laughs> um, what about so that that's kind of like intertwined with Lloyd. Lloyd is part of the house. And I guess you can say the same for Grady. So Grady. You know, there's two Grady's that we're kind of talking about. Hold on. Before we get into that, yeah, yeah. who is Lloyd? Does Lloyd Jack know Lloyd? But does Jack know Lloyd from previous? Is it his bartender no, from home? There's no indication that he knows Lloyd. How does he know his name? In either does, the movie or the book. I think it's just like a situation that's playing out in his head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it could be the, the, the way I took it was, was like, like that for him. the way I took it was you know when he was an alcoholic and he was you know going to the bar every night like Lloyd was his bartender. Oh, I mean it could I got be. A, I got it more like uh, because the first time this, I think this is why the first time he sees it there's no one else in the ballroom is that he just wants it to happen, so yeah. he only pictures the bartender first because he's very he's he's just in the beginning stage of his of his okay psychoness. Yeah. And then later when the whole ball is happening he's like woohoo I'm a I'm a nut. <laughs> so there so I there's mean, two it, things it, I it think could, it could be his old bartender or something because he has that line that says the best you were always the best for the best bartender yeah, from Timbuktu to Portland he, Maine or he, Portland he Oregon. He refers to him as Mr, you know. Yeah. Um and like they so there's two things. There's that. There's he. It's his bartender from before, from a long time or ago. Or it could just that be a hotel projection to him. Yeah. What we'll get into later about you know the, the picture, yeah. the photograph, yeah, 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 and, and yeah. him being you know there. The like, giant it could be question that he, mark that it he, ends on. Yeah, it might be something that he somebody he knows from a long time ago. So we'll get into that later. But well, I mean, early. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get there. But um, back to your question, Grady. You mentioned there's two Grady's. I actually didn't catch that off the top, like when I was watching the movie. There's two Grady's. There's a Grady that Char- Omen Charles, talks about. That's Charles Grady. Grady, right? And Dilbert, what we would assume is, is 1920s, Dilbert? right? Dilbert, Del, some of the D. Dilbert, yeah. something like Delbert. that. So the question is, what is Grady? Who is Grady? Is it the same person in two different lifetimes? What was the deal? 
Uh, first, my first indication was like, oh, there's a family of Grady's, and they're all psycho people who <laughs> happen to reside in this hotel. Nice. But upon further thought, I think it ties directly into the the last photograph where you see Jack Torrance in 1921, <laughs> and that it's this idea that the hotel projects that is it shines right, and it projects its shining onto a, in, its inhabitants. Yeah. And so that Grady is a character that the hotel projects because it's replaying <laughs> the history that's happened. Now, same as Jack. So the twins, do you think those are Charles Grady's daughters or yes. you think see, so? I don't think they're related to the Delbert. But Delbert had the accent. Delbert yeah, Br- does his, he accent. puts them in line, right? Yeah. yeah. And Delbert Grady is from the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do remember um, I was reading about it. Uh, after I watched the movie and there was a reference where, you know, Grady's daughters, AKA the twins or whatever. Um, when, when they're giving Jack the tour, Jack and his wife, the tour of like the whole hotel, there's a part where Ullman, the, the guy who's like in charge of the hotel, he's when he's walking through, he, they're on one level. You of mean the, Lars? No, Mars. <laughs> Sorry, Mars. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a part where these two girls walk up and they look, like look, similar yeah. and he's like oh the hey girls blondes. yeah and yeah. there's there was thought that like maybe that's grady's daughters could be and the twins are actually you know delbert grady from the 20s daughter i don't know oh, shit it's yeah. it's a i think i think the point they're trying to get well, across i don't know that the, the the technicalities but i think the point they were getting across was that there's always someone that's going to be attached to the hotel so b- before we and i think it's a really good kind of like train of thought there because like before we go out i do want to talk i mean there's a lot of fucking for lack of better words conspiracy theories for this movie um we're not going to touch on all of them but room uh 237 touches on a lot of them some of them are like crazy some of them i'm like uh that's kind of interesting so i want to talk to you guys about that um the native american motif in this movie now Here's how, the thing. how about just racism in general? Racism in general. But, okay, let's start with that. Dick Halloran as a character, in this movie at least. Um, hey there, I'm the good-natured cook for y'all. You know, like... And, th- and then he's, he lives in Florida and listens to jazz music. Yeah, and then he has, like, the, the Afro, like, sisters, like, yeah, titty in pictures. Yeah, in, in his... Hotel room or, or condo in Florida. Uh, I, I think that's his house. <laughs> so you see him the next yeah, scene. Sorry. He goes downstairs condo, condo, and yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So there's there's that. But um, I, I mean, some of the other conspiracy theories, like like we said, the Native American motif. So it is Colorado. They're gonna have a lot of Native American shit in there, like no matter what. So it could be coincidence. But in that documentary, three twenty seven room three uh, two thirty seven. They um, talk about, like, oh, it's commentary on, like, the Native American situation here in the United States or whatever. Um, and so after watching the movie a few times and then watching the documentary and then watching the movie again, I'm looking at that with, like, different eyes. And almost every scene before there's some sort of madness or some sort of supernatural or shining element to it from the hotel is preceded by some sort of Native American imagery in there hmm. now obviously it could be coincidental because it's in colorado at that time so there's gonna be a lot of that imagery no matter what well, i think, no plus matter the, where I think there's just a lot of like native american 
like decorations yeah, in the hotel. Yeah, exactly. So that and, and also, if you think about the year that it was made, now it, it came out in 1980, but it was made in 1978. And previous to that, 1974, 75, there was the big uh, government uh, uh, declaration yeah. of the remaining Indians in Arizona or whatnot or, and Marlon Brando flipped out at the Oscars over it and how yeah, American yeah. Indians weren't, weren't supposed to be depicted in Hollywood <laughs> and there's a bunch of American Indian controversy in 1975 so it could huh. still be very president, present in 1978 I didn't take it really as anything I actually didn't notice it as commentary I, I, I feel like there's a lot of hotels that were around in that era that were that yeah. used that 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 uh like those decorations that mm-hmm. whatever like um theme i guess like, i mean it's just even like the like we were talking earlier like the hotel in twin peaks for instance the great yeah. northern yeah. like it's very american indian-esque like just yeah, in the, the, middle, in the, the middle of washington yeah and it's just like i think that was like the theme and like this like the style that was popular at the time that's what I took it as. Now, whether or not that was there, I, yeah, I, I did get some racism overtones overall, though. There's uh, now that you bring it up, like I, I guess you could say there's, yeah, definitely some weird American Indian. Then there's also well, at one point uh, Grady says Danny's outside party, which is Dick yeah. Halloran is he a, is drops a, uh, is an end bomb, an end bomb with a hard R, right. and then Jack's yeah. like end bomb, yeah, <laughs> and he's like yes, an end bomb cook, and yeah, being nuclear. And then also, also, can I point out that while Jack's at the empty bar the first time that he goes on about being on the wagon and then off the wagon and that drinking is a white man's problem. Hmm. He says that. that. I didn't catch that. He he says like, oh, yeah, to the miserable five months on the wagon, the white man's problem. I didn't catch that because I'm drinking right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like he's he's saying that the worst problem that white men have is booze, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't catch that either. So then, uh, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, the hotel is built on Indian burial well, grounds. There's the, see, and here, it demands the white person. Here, here's here's the thing. Okay, if it, if they never mentioned the Indian burial ground, it'd be like, okay, it's just coincidence. It's just decoration. But having mentioned that, that's where I'm like, okay, I wonder if they're trying to make a point. And I I wrote something in my notes. Again, could be nothing. But when Jack started the tennis ball. He's throwing it against the um, imagery. It's like a big like um, tapestry or yeah. whatever I, of like Native American stuff. And oh, I didn't catch the, that. The, the, the tennis did. ball right. hitting that and bouncing back to him kind of sounds like a tribal drum. Like a doom, doom, doom. And he is doom. throwing it furiously. He's throwing like, it hard, he looks like hard a as a motherfucker. Yeah. But I, still, I, I mean, with all that, what is that? Prove about I mean, this movie, though. I don't like, think it it's proven anything about it, the movie. I think it's just. I don't know. I think possibly it might, might, the, might be tied in because of the time that it was made. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it was saying that Jack, who I get, he's unemployed, I guess, but still, the worst problem he has is alcoholism, and he doesn't like his wife. And it's kind of saying like the social commentary is like, yeah, that could drive you into madness because nothing really is wrong. Versus Indian burial grounds. Uh, Jack, uh, the white man hating on Indians and or um, Hallorhan and uh, uh, Negroes. I I feel like there could be, you could make the argument that the hotel chooses to dement Jack because white men doesn't have problems like the American Indian and or black people. 
it could be it could be that man i i just want to throw that out there that's you know, a wild they, thought they, i didn't they, think they yeah, did kind of mention that. that in some less than concrete ways in that documentary yeah, that's very theoretical you know they they were just like hey did you notice that this uh packaging had a native american on the cover i'm like i don't give a shit but I think in, that's just, in, in I, any scene where like like Jack is gonna go crazy, like where he first sees the gold room in its glory, where it's like a full on party and shit, they have this huge scene where they're zooming in on his face, and behind him there's this like tapestry behind him that's like Native American print and stuff like that. And the gold room itself, it's just like pure nostalgia. I mean, literally, it's 1920s style. Well, it's, well, like it's gold and pink, which is Wendy's favorite color, somehow yeah, which, noted, notably. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think what it was is the gold room is symbolic not only to literally the past because it's like 1920s and shit like that, but <laughs> but also because um, it's like that's where Jack goes to be like the good old days when he used to be able to drink and it's like 1920s. It's like the good old days. Wait, the, hotel, I, the hotel might have been in its prime. Exactly. When the hotel gain, maybe gained its shining. Exactly. From a, a, a previous Grady's murder? It could, it could be, dude. Which replicated itself because the hotel then possessed the late, the second Grady, Charles Grady, in 1970? It could have been possessed a, curse, him and made him a curse throughout the years. Or so, something see, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't honestly think that there's like a connection between Delbert Grady and Charles Grady. I think, it's just I think it was I think it was just, yeah, coincidence. And then that Charles Grady, just like Jack, got, quote unquote, possessed and, you know, driven to, you know, do these do this murder or whatever. Okay, so... Because Delbert Grady doesn't ever say... Oh, I killed my wife and, and kids. Or he, and he, he said he, he even handled them. He Speak. says I, I I took care of them. Or he says I uh, I I corrected. Them. I corrected. Yeah. Speak. Speaking he of say that. that, he killed them necessarily. Or, and even if he did, he doesn't say how how he did it or right. You know why he did it. Speaking so of think, that. Oh, so, uh, sorry to cut you off, but not to like put us off on another tangent. But I just want to throw out there when when Wendy's accusing Jack of harming Danny by like bruising his neck by choking him. Yeah. And she says, you did this, you son of a bitch, you did this, or whatever. And she leaves. Jack sits there. He has this look of confusion on his face, like, what the fuck? But he never says no. No, he, did, yeah, he doesn't say anything He doesn't say, all. I didn't do that. So I just want to point that out. Continue. Because maybe the hotel has taken over Jack at that time, and the hotel did indirectly cause that. Is that Danny? Yep. So many. Which I think, if we boil down to the last, the last question that the film yes. poses, which is, how is Jack in the photograph in 1921 and also existing in what we take to be 19 real time 1979 or 1980? Yeah. So, so um, like my when I first saw this movie, my my initial thought was, you know, after this all happened, the the hotel consumed Jack essentially, and and he's now part of the hotel and yeah. he is now in the photograph because whatever he's he's one with the hotel, or mm-hmm. however you want to say it. Um, but then I, you know, read other things and, and kind of gotten other ideas, yeah, yeah. but I want to hear what you guys have to say. So I, I, I have my theories on that. I don't think the Grady's are coincidental. I think it is one Grady. And, and in the beginning, Jack says to, or towards the beginning, Jack says to, um, Wendy, he says, you know, I feel like I've been here before. And we've all had deja vu, but this, I feel like I knew what was around every corner. 
So I feel like what it was is. Do you feel it's like a, like a reincarnation kind of thing? It's like a reincarnation sort of thing, or it's like his his spirit, his soul, for lack of better words, was always at home at the Overlook, and you know maybe through the process of reincarnation or whatever, kind of moved away to where they were originally from, Vermont, and kind of called him back home, and. That also, in, in, I mean, we haven't mentioned it, but, you know, the classic act scene where he's, you know, fucking chopping through. Here's and shit Johnny. Here's Johnny. Carson. But, but <laughs> before that, he, where he gets through the first door, he says, Wendy, I'm home. You know, that's when he fully embraces his insanity, I think. And in the book, you know, he has a moment where he just embraces it. And in the book, uh, instead of an axe, he uses a roke mallet. Which is, for me, more terrifying than a Wait, fucking axe. I thought it was a was it a croquet mallet? It's it's a roke mallet. It's like a croquet mallet, but bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's um, roke? It's a bigger version of croquet or some shit. I don't know <laughs> something that fucking people richer than I play. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he says that he's like you know Wendy, I'm home. So I think that's him finally accepting this is where I belong. This is where I need to be. And um, I, same with Grady and the same with, um, you know, anyone else that belongs there. And that's yeah. why he's in that picture at the end. I think I think you're touching on what I, I believe it is. And I think it ties into the title, The Shining. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily Jack <laughs> is called back, nor Jack is tied to the hotel. I think the entire movie is actually about the hotel projects The Shining onto people. So, mm-hmm. for example, you see Jack in the photograph because Jack is the caretaker at the time of the crazy events. Yeah, yeah. But if you were to see one of the Grady's when yeah. they were the caretaker, like he says, oh, you've always been the caretaker. Or like when Charles Grady killed his yeah, family, yeah. they would be <laughs> the one in the photograph. But at the same time, the Grady says, you know, no, I'm not the caretaker. You Delbert, are the caretaker. Right? Oh, yeah, Delbert Grady says, you have always been the caretaker. But I think that's the role, is that the hotel, whoever is the caretaker at the time, the hotel projects the shining onto them, and that that person then exhibits the hotel. Like, the hotel is the shining within that area. Okay. See, I think, I think that, I, I, I agree with you, but I also think that... <clears throat> by him saying like you're the caretaker you've always been the caretaker i think that i think that shows that that grady knows jack has jack's soul or jack's whatever has been there forever i don't think it's jack though i think he, grady is then talking directly to what the shining of the hotel i think if, he's talking to the hotel what hmm. if he's not talking to jack or the hotel what if he's talking to the point that it's not necessarily that um, Jack was a part of the hotel and then what got reincarnated. Not so literal, but more of the, um, you know, uh, people with that type of soul. People with that type of mentality that is their home. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's not a literal, you, Jack Torrance, you, so-and-so, belong here. But just anyone with that mindset, anyone with that heart. That's their home. I just feel like it's more so about the telepathic capabilities that The Shining is. And the hotel is this place that exhibits it. 
and that it happens to choose Jack in this instance, but yeah, that the caretaker during the seven months that it's shut down is often the victim of the hotel. Okay, well, because of so what is weak this will or is whatever. this something that is going to happen like years down the line? Consistent. Any any caretaker that takes over the hotel, I think is so. gonna yeah, get that's what I, I think, think so. it is. And this, so the the person, the character who takes over the hotel, it's my theory, would be the person that you see in that photograph. That it's not actually Jack Nicholson that you see every time. It's whoever the caretaker is. Mm, okay. Mm. Um, so we got really deep and philosophical here towards the end. So I want to lighten it up before we take it out. Well, the only oh, question I have about ahead. The Shining yeah. to finish my thought, the only thing I can't tie together mm-hmm. is why did Danny acquire Tony, the imaginary friend who's basically yeah. the voice of his Shining versus like the hotel is Jack Shining? How, why did he acquire him when Jack dislocated his shoulder? I can't figure out why. Yeah, why is his name Tony? I don't know. Is he an angry Italian? <laughs> yes, he makes spaghetti. <laughs> I make a spaghetti then. But I is, it be, is it because Danny's out of school and has no friends? It could be. Why does he get the shining? I don't know. That's because he doesn't seem to be born with it. That's one of the Yeah, but why does why does Dick Halloran get it? You know, in like Yeah, you don't know. So that's I think that's it the question just be like, that is not answered. It ever. could just be anything over like Hallerhan tries do, to say people do, are born with it, right? Right, yeah. Like why do people have telepathic like, abilities or whatever? But like, I, I disagree with Halloran. I don't think people are born with it because I think Jack acquires it via staying Dan, in the hotel. Danny, you mean? No, Jack. I think Danny oh. acquires it too, and I don't know why, but I think also Jack acquires it, and that's what we're seeing in the present. Hmm. But I can't figure that out. So There's, if you have an idea... Again, right. Fucking to us. tweet at us, fucking email us. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Like, for example, why did Stanley Kubrick feel the need to show Jack's frozen body at the end? I feel like it kind of cheapened it and where he has his eyes like it's rolled sudden. up. Yeah. It's just yeah. sudden. I'm like, if they were just cut out, like, you know, we get the idea he fucking died or maybe, disappeared or something. Maybe this is another theory. Another maybe, okay. but perhaps the hotel not only projects the shining on a Jack, but also empowers him because as okay. you notice, he's not injured by Wendy swinging the bat at his yeah. hand, yeah. but maybe Wendy's a weak or the, ass. Or the knife. Yes, or the, the, the two-handed hand. overhand strike on his hand <laughs> results in probably a paper cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and where he, where, But where he screams uncontrollably that yes. it hurts so bad. Yes, but also he doesn't sleep, nor does he need to sleep. Maybe well, because he's powered by the hotel, and then he leaves the hotel to chase Danny and breaks down? The, la- Maybe? the last time that we see him sleeping is when he wakes up and he says, I feel like I've been here before. No, it's 1130 in the morning. Exactly. No, and then the last time he sleeps is when he's oh, trapped in, I mean, he's trapped in the, in the food oh, yeah, pantry. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. I'm I mean, I guess you, that's food coma. You, yeah. Or, or just because he was knocked out. But I mean, he yeah. wasn't. Good techni- question. Good question. Another, yeah. another thing. Yeah. Is. I mean, the other question is what the fucking blood in the elevator. We didn't really talk about that. No, so they don't answer that. I'm going we'll to go ahead and ask you, James, at being a person of cinema and, you know, you, you have an ability to decode shit. So what does that mean to you? Before James goes, though. Okay. Yeah. Because I know he'll hit it out of the park. I just want to. I actually have no clue, but go ahead. <laughs> I think it just represents, you know, Danny sees it first and then, you know, Wendy sees it later on towards the end of the movie. But I think it just represents that, you know, that hotel 
And that hotel kind of represents murder and death. And that's what the blood coming through the, the out of the, the elevator into the hallway is. It's just this place is evil and, is, and, it, and it promotes death, essentially. I think you're right on. Yeah, the, the only the only guess that I have because that, that is unanswered. That's the only vision that doesn't exactly come true, right? Because right. that never actually happens. I guess right. you could say, but the only or thing hasn't I, happened. Yeah, the symbolism that I got from that was that impending doom. Right, like everything looks normal, an elevator arrives, and then it opens up, and all shit breaks loose. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. that's why it's like, oh, one month goes by, and then Monday, and then Thursday, and then eight a.m., and then four p.m. Like it all that's loose, maybe at once beautifully shot by the way and also yeah you're right you know it just kind of all happens all of a sudden um along with that to kind of lighten it up as we take it out um favorite lines it's <laughs> favorite lines well before we get to that the titty count every horror movie more or less has a titty count on this movie i counted how many titties i count one two three god there's so many wait are we counting two per wait, person what? yeah two per person because sometimes you see one I only got two. I only got the weird skin lady. Who there's there's the, the lady in the bathtub and the, the I'm, old I'm counting lady. I'm are you, counting are you, nine. Are you counting the, the, the pictures? I'm counting Hold the on, pictures huh? from Halloran's Okay, home. okay. But then are you counting mm. the lady in the bathtub as one person or two people because she's a young I'm woman? I'm counting her as two because there were two okay. different people. So I'm counting. Four boobs. But the two, old lady is so gross. I, but still Why boobs. Why does she get old? She's like, oh, he's in 1920 and then all of a sudden he's in present and she's old? So the titty count, I've got the lady in the tub, young, that's two. Lady in the tub, old, that's two. Halloran's posters, two of them, that's another four. So that's yeah, Foxy, eight. Cleopatra. So where, yeah. so where does the ninth titty come from? When Halloran is on the fucking plane, the lady sitting uh, next to him okay. is holding a magazine, opens it, and there's one exposed titty in that. Why is she looking at that <laughs> magazine? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, Why was there so much concentration on Halloran traveling? <laughs> we know he's where he's going. Like we don't need to see him rent a car in Florida, fly, rent a snowcat. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't need to see him call his buddy up and be like, "Hey, you got a snowcat?" <laughs> is it what, what is that scene for? Why do you want to get here so fast, anyways? Being with the weather so bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, like a, it was like a failed, like, uh, this is happening during the same time frame, <laughs> yeah. right, guys? Um, there was also the part where Jack first gets to the Overlook with his family, and he's sitting in a chair reading a Playgirl magazine. Oh, I missed it. It's a Playgirl magazine, not even a Playboy Maybe magazine. that's why he's so pissed at Wendy, is because she's just, not a dude. Dude, or maybe that's like the, 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 <laughs> the dog blowing Reagan or something oh, like that. Wait, <laughs> the dog blowing ever- what Reagan? Did we Jack ever explain, is the dog? Did we ever explain what the dog blowing Reagan like? Represented? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's from the book. From the book, um, there's a dude who treated uh, another person like a dog and had him on a leash. That's it. He's like you're my fucking dog. Weird sexual. That's, suck it. Me. That's it. Weird, That's it. Weird sexual desire. Sexual in that That's it. Which they do exactly. not explain in the movie. They don't why do they? The why movie. do they show it in the movie though? Just for people that read the book, I guess. Or to. Everyone out because it didn't freak you out a little bit, just a little bit. You were it like, didn't freak me out. I maybe literally, like, it, I watched it understand. an hour ago and I paused it twice. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what is happening? And I typed down, why is Wendy all of a sudden going corn nuts? Like, she's just off her rocker all of a sudden. She's just like, ah. Yeah, um, okay, so 
the good news is this movie didn't hold true to too many horror movie stereotypes. The black guy did die first. Definitely. Well, he's the only death. He's the dude. only death. Well, in present time. Yeah, if you don't yes. count the family. I yeah. I want to say horror movie or, or whatever you would consider this movie, horror, thriller, whatever. I think Spence. that this is it's a... It's into many categories. This is a horror movie, horror movie or even just movie that you yeah. need to see no matter what. I mean, I think that it's scary. I think that it's intellectual. I think that you can dig deep in it. I think that you can find many things that go on in it. Yeah. I, I think this I'm movie is, is, is it's, so a many scary, it's a scary movie. And again, it's not scary. I feel like we could do like four podcasts on this movie. Fucking easily, dude. We're already going long on this one, so forgive us on that. But it fucking warrants it, dude. Like, if you're going to go long on a fucking podcast. Yeah, we picked. Why did we pick a Stanley Kubrick? I mean, like, like what <laughs> other movie movies? All of his movies are seven out. I mean, I, I'm glad that we didn't pick. Like a, a like a Halloween or a you know whatever movie to start off with that's yeah. like a classic or a or a uh, I guess predictable horror movie to go with as a first horror movie podcast. I'm glad that we picked something that was kind of across the board and that something that we can talk about like a ton about oh, because absolutely. it's so deep and it's so and, and that's that's so the many theories. Beautiful yeah. part about it is it leaves you asking questions. If a movie leaves you just being like, okay, cool, that was done. You know, fucking uh, Super Action Bros are one of our sister podcasts with uh, Ian, Ian and Ryan um, on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. They do action movies, and they did Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2 was about the same length as The Shining. And Movie-wise um, or podcast-wise? Movie-wise. Okay. You know, the, the same length. length. And um, they, they just two and a half hours of Bad Boys 2? And, and they were the whole time they were asking why why was it so fucking long with this movie you're like I feel like it needed to be a little bit longer yeah you know? I feel like it could have used 20 more minutes exactly I you would know, like take to see 20 minutes away from psycho. bad boys too yeah <laughs> I guess she gets attacked f- in the bathroom and she goes psycho but yeah. for me she kind of also snaps into like survival mode so I don't understand it I think she goes crazy the first time that she like when she sees all his writings. Yeah. That's what she kind of That was the other goes, unanswered question. Oh, crap. I'm effed. The other uh, See, I unanswered, felt like she was being the realist. The unanswered question for me was, she see, she goes back. She sees all the... All, all, all work, work and no and play no makes play. Jack a dull boy. Um, but she walks in earlier, and she talks to Jack, and he rips a page from the typewriter and starts crumpling it up. And then as he's talking to her, he rips it to shreds. What the fuck was on that paper? I don't know about I, you, but for me, here's what I thought. My thought was he was writing on the typewriter what he was going to do to his family. Yeah. I think that he never wrote anything other than all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And this yeah. ties into the audio cue of The Shining because before you ever see Jack with that like uh, ear ringing noise. Yeah, yeah. He's always he always has writer's block. It's like two different scenes of him throwing the ball against the wall and walking around and pacing. Well, the scene with him throwing the ball against the wall was after that scene with him and Charlotte Duvall when they're when he's like ripping her a new one for leaving really? her alone. Yeah, it's after that. Yeah. When I he's typing like before. before. But you have to think like she comes in and she finds all those all that paper with um, it where it all says all working all working no play to make Jack a dull boy. It's like 
pages on pages on pages. You don't ever see him typing that many things. So you have to think that he's uh, that's what he's typing the entire time. Yeah, I I feel like he had writer's block until the hotel gave him the shiny, and then he started typing whatever the hotel told him. By the way, someone had to type all of that. And, like, it wasn't the same every yeah, it was, fucking time. It was 1980. If, if, you had to type Yeah, you, and if you flip through it, when you're watching, there's, like, spelling mistakes on some of them. Or some of them are run together. Capitaliz- capitalization. Is that what I said? Um, yeah. I, I, I couldn't say okay. that right now. Too or much like, risky. Like, uh, um, like, they're formatted. Yeah, like, weird. one would, like, make an upside-down triangle. One was, like, haiku and shit. It, it was fucking weird. Someone had to fucking type that shit. But, uh, oh, dude. What? Commitment. Commitment. That, no. That's the prop guy. <laughs> but um, overall, dude, this movie is fucking scary. And I think for the reasons, again, not that something jumps out at, out at you or some big revelation, but just the, the kind of um, the kind of like you you're not sure you're like it's it's within reach of anybody. Anybody could just kind of fucking snap like that. That's what made it scary for me. What about you, James? Uh, I think just Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I honestly think, because there's a version, a made-for-TV version on The Shining that Stephen King directed. Yeah. And he emplo- uh, he uh, sorry, he chose a dude to play Jack Torrance that looks a lot like Judge Reinhold. Okay. And it's terrible. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he uses okay. a croquet mallet, not a max, just okay. like the book. Yeah. And it's not scary. It's laughable. And I felt like Jack Nicholson, and maybe some of like Stanley Kubrick's uh, framing of Jack Nicholson, but those two paired together made this movie creepy. Okay, what about you, Evan? What, what do you think? Was it scary? I mean, yeah, I think it was scary just in the sense that you're seeing somebody. It's not like a horror movie scary where it's like a slasher or it's a, not a serial jump, killer a jump scare. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a person that's like you, like we said earlier, diving deeper and deeper into madness. And whether it's you know the hotel that's possessing him or it's just him coping with his essential like like his just him being alone and, and lonely and by himself depression right and then just freaking unleashing his innermost like i don't Demons. know pers- yeah exactly and like that's what's scary about it is that it's it's more realistic like yeah, yeah like you we, could be cooped up in cabin fever mode and yeah. go crazy well yeah. and it's like you don't nobody knows what they're gonna do or how they're gonna act when unless they're put in that position or, you know, they're, they're stuck in a place. No, I mean, even if they were snowed in or whatnot or whatever, if they're just secluded, no contact to outside, you know, help or whatever. Like, even earlier when you see uh, Wendy, when she, she tries to communicate with the sheriff's department. Yeah. She's like, she just in, initially just starts trying to have a conversation with them. Yeah. She's like, hey, it's good to hear a voice she's from like, hey, you. Yeah, she's, so long. she's seeking friendship. Like, it's just, but they're so lonely that, like, you're just... You're, you, you know what, go crazy. You know what ruined that entire idea for me? Because I felt the same way. I was like, oh, she didn't really want to end the conversation. But I was distracted entirely by the uh, radio lingo that they were using. Oh, yeah. Over. And how <laughs> obsessive it was. How she never said over until like halfway through. And then she was like, over. Over and, over and the, out. Over and out. Like the radio was invented in like 1915. Why are they just now learning it? it? I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It makes me want to get a ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel like it makes, it, was me like, to, it makes me want to pull out the little like uh, CB, little CB and shit. The little like uh, whatever computer chips that he pulls out yeah, and yeah, little fuses or pop them in my hand a little bit. 
Uh, Nobody right. knows what I'm talking about. That was insane. Like I did, I was just going nuts when they're like over, 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 over. I was like Captain Over from Airplane. <laughs> like I it's know, just... I know that CB radios were big in the time because people used to use them like chat rooms. But that was <laughs> so excessive. I think hey it's just there. Uh, Wendy Torrance ASL. No, I think honestly, I think... that's how my mom met my dad. Chat room CB radio. I think really. Yes. I think oh, that fuck. that um. And I was conceived in a semi truck on the back of Highway Five. <laughs> Not well, really, maybe. I don't oh know. my God! All right, there we go. Um, I think that um, I totally distracted you. Yeah, with that, you did. You that did Highway Five <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's okay. And on that bombshell. <laughs> so, um, all right. Right. I mean, okay. it seems like we are all in agreement. It's a movie that needs to be seen. It's a movie that should be enjoyed. It's a movie that deserves some thought. I would recommend watch the movie, watch that documentary, Room 237, and then watch the movie again and just kind of play around with those thoughts that are in your head. Um, overall, I think I thought say it was it scary. You thought it was scary, yeah. James. Say Evan those questions out loud, otherwise you'll never fully realize it. It's scary I, in a different way. It's not yeah. scary like it's I'm going to have nightmares about it. It's, it's, it's scary. scary like, realistic. oh, if I ever get snowed in in a cabin with my wife, am what I going to turn into a psychopath? What would I do? <laughs> yeah, did you, did exactly. you, did you um, think of your uh, comment about CB radios, by the way? What do you mean? What? Did you remember what yeah, you were Did you remember that CB comment radios? or did, did you just lose it? Thinking about me being conceived. Yeah, I lost it. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> All right. In either case, watch the movie The Shining. If you haven't seen it already, like, you need to watch it right now. Remember next week, we will be watching Maniac, I believe. The Elijah Wood remake, not yes. the original. Yes, yes sir. the 2012 remake of yeah. Maniac. So, so check that out beforehand. So it's absolutely. It is on Netflix. So if you guys want to watch it before. Before you guys listen to this next podcast or whatever, um, it's on Netflix. Watch it, and then uh, it's really short, hour and a half or so, and we'll break it down for you. Over and out. I'm Chewy. James. I'm Evan. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And we'll see you next week on Eyes in the Dark. Out. Stuff and Things Network. Exclusively at StuffandThingsNetwork.com.